Nation, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Chompcast. Woo! Man, we are still riding high, coming off of our 250th episode and our five-year anniversary. It feels good, man. It feels so good. The Chompcast is the official podcast of Sword Chomp, and a podcast where if you listen long enough, you will come out of your house, apartment, or place of residence, and you will find that the world has suddenly turned monstrous. People have developed a taste for flesh and chase after you. But fear not, for we will give you the secrets to survive and find other survivors. Nothing in the world makes us happier than getting some new ears on the show. And if this is your first time here, boy howdy are we glad you decided to tune in. There's a lot to discuss this week as we're going to be battling with each other about who is the best main protagonist in Final Fantasy. Very exciting stuff. We will also be discussing games such as the Back for Blood beta demo, Death's Door, The Last Stop, Raji and Ancient Epic, and Wildermyth. We will be discussing both the Patreon poll and the social media polls this week. And those polls consist of a scrapped Power Rangers game, Back for Blood, Nintendo All-Star Brawl, I knew I was going to mess that up, 12 Minutes, a Shining Force mobile game, the new animated Witcher show, and Black Widow. There is plenty to talk about, and we can't wait any longer. We got to talk about it right now, but... You have to wait, actually, because I have to introduce the crew first. So let me introduce you to the editor. He is the man who knows heaps about video games, TV shows, and comics. If you name it, he's probably experienced it. But truth be told, because of the pandemic, he hesitates to admit that he almost has forgotten where the clitoris is. Calling in from New York, we have Rich Meister. Rich, how are you doing, my friend? I'm all right, man. I have a map. It's not like a, it's not a biggie. Like, oh, people dude, get a is that the clitoris map? When you, when you break out a big like topographical map and just oh. you know spread that. I have a war table like right next to the bed with miniatures and everything, and it's a whole thing. Yeah, like do you have like this this army of white knights that you kind of just slowly trudge towards your topical map? They're more like meek little court jesters, but yeah. <laughs> could you imagine if like traveler's map at the microscopic yeah. at the microscopic level if really the sperm um looked like little court jesters or that was what the equivalent of it was at the microscopic level like hey guys looking for the egg Ooh-hoo. like just giggling I, up a storm yeah like i wonder at the microscopic level what that actually looks like what cells think of each other because like when you see humans on the street when you see humans on the street um like obviously you you think of like not necessarily judging but you're like oh i wonder what that person's like or i bet that person likes this or i bet that person likes that like if you see someone who uh is wearing a backwards hat wearing like a tight shirt has muscles bulging and like wearing some athletic bottoms. You're like, I bet you that guy likes working out or sports or 
you know, if somebody is wearing cosplay, you're like, I bet you that person likes anime, you know, shit like that. I wonder at the microscopic level, if there's some kind of level of registering that, you know, like, oh, that prokaryotic cell, Miguel, let's just name him Miguel just for fun. Oh, that guy's a total asshole. He's trying to fuck all the other unicellular organisms or some shit like that, even though they don't fuck at that level. But you know what I mean? Like, you don't know. I that. wonder. That's true. That's true, Rich. I'm sorry. And I co-opted your intro. But how are you doing this week? I'm fine, man. Hanging in there. Yeah. Well, we had a Happy fun week here. this week. We had a fun week this week, didn't we? We had a busy week. We did. Yeah. But we were able to make some time yesterday. And I am I was real... Or two days ago, actually. The days kind of blended together. Yeah. Sometime. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But yeah, that was a... F- it was fun. It was, it was kind of bittersweet, but it was good. It's good to get together with you this week, Absolutely. Rich. Yeah, I'm happy you're here. Um, a man of Glad few to words today, but uh, we're gonna get him out of his shell later. So don't don't you worry, Chomp Nation. Next, affectionately dub your favorite critic's favorite critic. Nothing is safe from critiquing, even his own testicles, which he decided was were not producing at his typical high quality expectations. So he decided to get the snip snip. A man who knows how to have a good time with an ice pack, Joshua Fowler is calling in from Michigan. Josh, it's actually really good to see you, my friend. I'm surprised that you were able to make it in this week. How are you doing? Is that really the intro? Yeah. Was that, that, that we're... I, I actually like... I wrote a different intro. No, I mean it, I wrote a much. It, Three stars. It, it, three stars. Well, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, what, what can I? What can I improve upon, Josh? <laughs> um, was it the the delivery of the jokes? Do I need to get better? Was it my pacing, or do uh, I just need to write jokes in general because those are a terrible pit? Yeah, I mean, it, it helps to start by writing jokes. Oh, okay, okay. I but, thought I was, but I guess you know. Yeah, I should have known. I should have uh, known. I need to go in there with higher, yeah. higher standards. Yeah. That's my fault. <laughs> but really, how are you doing? Like, I'm honestly surprised and baffled that you're here. I mean, so soon. Like, you've been super productive this week after getting your procedure. Uh, I mean, I guess um, more than I wanted to be. We're, we're still so busy with um, trying to get everything ready to move. Yeah, um, the move and everything that we've. Yeah, you said you were I've, doing I've a yard to sale today. Busy. How'd that go? Not great. We kind of had to cut it short. Um, the uh, my daughter had a doctor's appointment, and I was supposed to be okay. hanging outside with you know with with the uh, yard sale and whatnot. Um, mm. but then somebody showed up at our house saying they had a. Uh, a showing um and there was apparently <laughs> a just... glitch with their online notification system uh saying that they had signed up and you know were giving us the notifications so i had to pack up everything inside there so i could get the kids ready and the dog out of the house and everything um so we could then that you know sounds go go do something for a while while they looked at the house and whatnot because 
That sounds yeah. insane, dude. Like, you're like, okay, I got to get my, my daughter to her doctor's appointment later. I'm trying to sell stuff because I'm moving in a few weeks. I can't carry all this stuff. And then you're, somebody shows up, hey, I'm supposed to be here viewing this. I guess I'll leave my own house then. I guess I'll put everything back in the house. Yeah. And a decent, like, that sounds fucking. I'm supposed to Stressful. inspect the grain of the wood in your house, sir. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds like, made we're up. supposed to know a day ahead of time for all those, but yeah, something was screwed up with the like the online confirmation thing, so it didn't. Oh, I just thought they gave you one of those uh, confirmations. It's like uh, you can expect us between August 12th at noon and November 31st at 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. You know, what, Josh, you should go full Karen mode. You should call the company that you're going through and be like. Um, I was very busy doing something when your glitch in the system sent somebody here. I want you to dock some of the fees. Like, total Karen. Do it. (laughs) I would. I would. But no, I mean. I talking to people. I I actually, I I watched this uh, Karen video yesterday, actually, while I was getting my lunch ready, where this uh, Karen got really angry at her neighbor for displaying a tigger flag on her property, on her own property. And the wo- the woman walks up and says, um, I don't like your flag. And the woman's like, my, my tigger flag from Winnie the Pooh? Yeah, I don't like your flag. Uh, there are rules and regulations. And the woman's like, for what, is a this, tigger is flag? This, is this Karen Xi Jinping? What's, what's going on here that she's... <laughs> I, that like, tigger flag so, breaks flag code. Be like, ma'am, I don't think you know what flag code is. Seriously, and then she was like, you know, I don't complain about the 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 weeds in your backyard or the length of your grass. <laughs> and then um, she's like, I'm gonna go check and on the rules and regulations about this tigger flag and the but, other yeah, woman's. Or like, you could just there's, fuck there's no, off. There's mm-hmm. no like neighborhood watch to to regulate this, like. And she's like, well, I don't like your flag. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, could you imagine Sounds if that's like how society really to works? Home like, Depot to get a 50-foot flagpole installed. Yeah, no, actually, you know what the funniest part is? Like, if I ever buy a house proper, like, my dad was one of those people who put, like, a proper flagpole in his yard. I want to come and have him do it, but just so I could fly the uh, community C pluribus anus flag mm-hmm. in my yard. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out community, my friend. Mm-hmm. Shout out community. But yeah, no. Speaking of Karens, I thought that was like a ridiculous and funny little video we could talk about for 30 seconds. But Josh, I uh-huh. am glad you're here. I hope you got an ice pack and you're ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, you're buckled in. And I am the zombie lover, pirate lover, ice cream lover, and lover of swipes here. He pretty much here. fucks whatever. <laughs> I'm calling in from Japan. It's me, Shay Layton, and I am really excited to get into the show. Um, we were, were originally going to do a different topic this week, but I had posted something to Rich's chagrin um, that I actually firmly believe in, which is going to make the topic less interesting for me to discuss and more interesting for the other two to discuss. Um, at the beginning of this week, I was thinking about... Um, how throughout my life, a lot of people have made fun of one particular protagonist in the Final Fantasy 
universe. And I said, enough is enough. I'm tired of hearing the slander. I'm going to post about this and post I did. And man, did we get a lot of comments on that. Um, it was one of the more popular posts I've posted since I've taken over Instagram. And it, there were some really fun and interesting discussions on all angles. And I thought about it and I was like, why not turn this into a topic itself? I mean, pl- clearly people have very specific viewpoints of this particular topic. So let's just discuss that then. And so um, we decided to pivot and talk about Final Fantasy main protagonists. I think everybody has a different entry point into the series. I know a lot of people from our generation uh, came in during Final Fantasy VII, the original. And so obviously a lot of people favor Cloud. But I also think there are a lot of people out there that have come into Final Fantasy at a different installment and they gravitate towards one particular protagonist. So that's going to be a really fun discussion. Um, we're going to jokingly argue with each other um, to no, for no good reason other than to just jokingly push each other's buttons here. Um, we're not like actually trying to convince each other of anything, but just offer our opinions and thoughts about why we think one particular protagonist is the best or just discuss other protagonists. And um, after that, we will be reading the listener comments from you that you posted on the Instagram. So uh, let's get into it. Um, Pretty, pretty simple. Who is your favorite main protagonist in Final Fantasy and why? Um, I'm going to throw it to Josh first because uh, Josh has played a lot of the various Final Fantasies. He's um, obviously a big Nintendo lover, so he's played a lot of the originals and i know rich you have as well but i figure i i rarely throw the topic first to josh and um he's riding that uh vasectomy high right now if that's a thing <laughs> i don't know I don't if that's a thing like, i'm so high josh, who did you pick and why is it mog <laughs> <laughs> that's right um, but yeah josh wh- how about you what what which one is your I favorite like butts. can you lie i mean Josh is a butt man. Let it be known here yeah, and yeah, now. Yeah. I like, Josh would I like get butts. a Brazilian butt lift if he could afford it. There's, there was absolutely a 0% chance I was going to avoid the opportunity to make that joke. No, it's a good I'm joke. proud of you. I'm proud mm-hmm. of you. Yeah. Which, uh, okay, we'll, we'll bring that back around. What's um, your real answer? <laughs> anyway, butts was the original. It Bartz is the hero for yes. Final Fantasy V, but... It was it was spelled butts in the original Japanese, and a lot of the early fan translations just had it spelled butts. Um, I actually I, didn't know that. Yep, yep. It uh, it's kind of magical, kind of magical playing playing a Final Fantasy game and as butts playing it playing as butts. I mean, I I'm a I'm a butt man myself. I know we've discussed this before. I mean, like, I'm a butt man. Mm-hmm. Josh, I think you're a butt man as well, yeah. if I remember correctly. Rich, mm-hmm. are you a butt man or are you a, you are a breast man? I'm an ass man. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta love butts. Um, no, but... Um, I, honestly, it's, that's not my answer, because he's kind of got a whole, you know... Early JRPG protagonist thing going on where he's not he's a complete fine. blank slate, but he does have amnesia, which are the two options at the time. <laughs> um, 
I still, love, still. I love how that was such a common trope at one yeah. point in game. Actually, like, did he have amnesia, or did they just? Oh, it still is. No, actually, no, never, never mind. Sorry, sorry, You're I'm wrong. wrong. Butts is a blank slate, and five minutes in, your second party member has amnesia. That's 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 what it was. That's what I was getting wrong I, there. You know, so. that's one of those things from video games is that. I thought amnesia would be a more widespread thing than it actually is. Right. Because of the amount of characters in video games that have amnesia. I, I don't think I've ever met anybody who has had amnesia, but mm-hmm. um, I thought it would be a much bigger widespread problem if you think about it. Like, because every After character has amnesia, you think you'd have met house, someone I'd... in your life. Yeah, I'd like a dozen at least could... by now, as common <laughs> as it is in there. At when that horse could drop you, kicked the Olsen twins. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh my god! Could you imagine if actually one of us truly had amnesia and we were so much more important than we believe we actually are? Like, imagine if one of us was a former CIA agent. Our brain was brainwashed for us forgetting that, and we have some kind of artificial form of amnesia, and we're we've been placed you, into some form of witness protection, and we just don't remember our former cell? life. <laughs> I mean, it's possible. Could you think about that? Like, I'm in Japan what's your right right now. Yeah, what's your activation phrase? Mm-hmm. Gosh, that Italian family at the next table sure is quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine that if, like, somebody said a sentence and you suddenly activated? Like, mm-hmm. wouldn't that be the most... I don't know. Not emasculating because I uh, mean, all people. The Cold War is alive and well, friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it never went away. I mean, that hockey game did. Some would say it never really some. was a war. Uh, but anyways, back on topic, Josh. Good, good size derailment we had going on there. Um, <laughs> covered everything. All started yeah. with butts and we, we ended up the Cold War, <laughs> amnesia, full house. Mm-hmm. All our bases covered there. Um, this is such a tough question because there's like they they all have their own merits uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, yeah, and it, it, it it's kind of kind of building off of your original post there, and it's. It's hard to like. It's unfair. It's honestly unfair. Um, but Yuna in Final Fantasy X two is such a good protagonist because of all the additional context you are coming into the game with. You're already familiar with the character. Yeah, yeah. really familiar. You ostensibly have the same motivations as her at the end of the story, kind of. Uh, it's it's just. She's just a really fleshed out character have in you know having a really fun game um to to explore the character with um yep it's such a good good character and um also because it's one of these small party final fantasy games that they've only done a couple times um there's just a really good focus on the dynamic between those uh, few characters in the story. Just better character development on that existing party that never it really expands upon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't have expected that, to be honest with you, Josh. I was expecting one of the older Final Fantasies to be your answer, but I'm completely pleased with that answer. I, I didn't play a ton of 10-2. I don't know why oh, great. when I was a kid I didn't play it, but I played some it's and I watched fine. my friend I'm not as... played a lot of it. Yeah. But I think it's really cool. I, I think that's a cool answer because, yeah, I, I like the fact that they kind of switch protagonists from 10 to 10 too. And, um, there's a very distinct reason for that. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure, for sure, for sure. I'm trying yeah. to avoid, yeah, I don't like, even though it's a 20 plus options, year old game. Like, yeah, so many good options there. Like, I, um, like, I, I love Locke from six as well, but, um, he's another one that kind of has less going on and is more there to kind of facilitate bringing everyone else together like he's not he's not a blank slate like some of the earlier ones but what's funny some of the most interesting stuff about terra in six is bogged down by the typical amnesia trope yeah yeah um it's like that's good like honest i was gonna like i love nine so much that's hard not to say that but like that's another one that was on my short list but vv kind of overshadows even Steiner's of, got a really good arc compared yeah. to Zidane. Zidane, like, I love Zidane's arc, but everyone is so strong in that game that it's like, it feels wrong saying Zidane over some of the other characters What's in that actually, game. actually, yeah, one of my favorite uh, relationships in that, in, which involves Zidane heavily, even if he doesn't really know about it until, like, 90% of the way through the game, is uh, Amarant, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and his origins being tied into Zidane just kind of being an asshole. Yeah. Yeah, there's that. Yeah, that whole game is really strong. But uh... I'm really, you know, like slight aside. I'm kind of bummed because they took nine off of Game Pass. I was actually going to try and play it some more uh, this week to have a little bit more familiarity with Zidane because obviously I've never played through the entirety of that game. And unfortunately, I mean, I can buy it, I suppose, and I probably should, so I can finally have played it and talk about it. Get the Switch version. Yeah. That I should do, yeah. But I, yeah, I was a little bit bummed about that. But I, yeah, no, I need to start playing some of those older Final it. Fantasies. Nine is, I think, particularly one of those ones. Now that Josh is mentioning it, that it's so hard to say. Oh, it's got the best main character because it does so much with all of its cast, even like ancillary characters, like the other Tantalus members. Like yeah. even later in the game, it like fleshes out Marcus really well. Yeah, mm. you know, the, like a lot of the characters that would have been joke characters or had, you know, very little going on with them are more come back out. around. Yeah, in more really fleshed out ways. in this game or in, like in in nine than they would be in just about anything else. Like, I mean, that's eh. that's that's not giving some of the other games credit for for what they do because it's it's you... not like it's it's not completely unique in that aspect. But yeah, it, but it I, is... there's so many strong threads. Yeah. Like, to me, you could do a whole game about, like, Freya and Sir Freightly. Yeah. Like, there's a whole story to do there. Oh, my God. Freya. I, I, I love Freya. The, her whole story is so good. Um, Just, just mm. great. Yeah. I mean, this is one of those questions that's super difficult. I mean, everybody associates with one particular protagonist, but there are a lot of them that are good, you know? Um... It's really hard. And you know what, Rich? I was originally going to throw it to you first, or next, I mean, but I'm actually going to go before you because I know if I round mine out, 
if I round mine out, you're going to be like, how can you end this topic with that one? Like, I'm going to give you the chance to it's Vaughn, sure, isn't it? to it's rage Vaughn. on He's... me. <laughs> yes. No. Um, actually, yeah. on Instagram, I posted this, and it's still the same answer because I, I, I was not joking. I believe out of the ones that I've played, and obviously I haven't played all of them, uh, Titus is my favorite and I think the best main protagonist in the final fantasy universe and i know that's kind of controversial for some people um he's not necessarily the most iconic character out of them all and and i know he gets a lot of shit online because of the laugh scene because he's not a typical badass protagonist and i think that's why i like i liked him when i was growing up and i like him a lot now um as i reflect on him he represents a lot of i think the future for for uh men and Jap- japanese men and <clears throat> excuse me um kind of the future of media in general in that living here for as long as <laughs> living here for as long as i have uh there are a lot of men in japan with um intimacy issues with uh showing emotions with being vulnerable i mean it's a very common problem here it's one of the reasons why uh suicide is so high in this country um obviously there are a lot of other things here and it's it was it's interesting seeing that and then going back to look at a lot of japanese media in hindsight and noticing that there were there are a lot of different things kind of try and push back against that norm here in japan so the other day like i think it was a week and a half two weeks ago i was thinking about titus and i was thinking about he was really not the typical protagonist that you would think would come out of japan because that's how men act here they act so closed off they act so reserved and titus was so far and away from that 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 kind of um that way of thinking that way of acting you think about and these aren't the only ones obviously but it's it's a cool juxtaposition when you compare the two you look at final fantasy 7's cloud and he's this very reserved kind of dickish bullish main protagonist um squall is a very introspective uh neurotic character and both of them have a very Edgy. difficult time edgy yes they have a very difficult time expressing expressing their emotions and um talking with people and then you get to titus who has no problems at all i mean he's very expressive he's very i mean he's got a lot of problems he's got a lot of problems but he he's very open about them you know he's not really trying to hide them and he's searching for answers that's my problem with him i think and he was kind of, I think, in a lot of ways, a prototype for moving past toxic masculinity in men. Um, whereas a lot of people, I think, look to Cloud and Squall, for example, as kind of, when we were younger, much younger, as kind of role models or as these cool characters at the very least. Um because of those reasons, because they were macho, because they defended the planet, because, you know, like that thing. And there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not judging that. But I also think that that toxic masculinity <clears throat> ideology is kind of very, very terrible uh, in, in some ways. And I, I'm i glad that there's a character that existed 
20 years ago that I was trying to push back against that narrative. And I think you, Titus was just so important for that reason. And it's not the only reason as well. I love how, how much he talks about how much he cares about his party members and how he shows it. And I think that's really honorable and I respect it a lot. Um, that, I just think he's gotten like a really unfair rap just because he can be a little bit annoying at times. And I mean, that's true. I, I don't think he's um, a perfect character by any means, but I definitely think he gets a bad rap when he shouldn't. Yeah, I think there, there are a few things going on there. I think like I, I kind of mentioned before the whole that the laugh scene got memed to hell, which is, it's not as bad I mean, as people remember. So. Rightfully and, so. A, it's not I'm as not, bad I'm as people like... remember. B, it's like the the whole point of it was to like fake it. The the point was it was a fake laugh to try. It was to, supposed to yeah, be like, put on a brave face. Was the was the point of it? Like, and yeah, it's awkward. It was supposed to be awkward, but like that, and then also kind of what Che was saying off of compared to what they were seeing coming before. Frankly, I, feel, I don't know how many people finished seven and eight because a lot of that characterization is just the initial characterization. Like Cloud say, actually so- is like an overly sentimental, goopy, just doofy sort of a yeah. character. Cloud is just an identity thief. He thinks he's a different person. Yeah, so. for like the first two discs or so, uh, he yeah, like he's. Yeah, he's a- he's just acting like another person who we yeah. have not met yet. And then by the end, and even like that he... person isn't quite like that as we get to know them more. Yeah, it, it, exactly. Like that's just what he's like on missions. Um, yeah, which is anyway, which is kind of why Cloud got that idea. C- but Cloud again, is more like, so acting like what he thinks a top-ranking member of soldier is supposed to act like. Yeah. Yes. Um. And I kind of I. Th- I think they got that across a little bit better in this first episode of the remake, having Tifa like address it. I mean, she she addressed it before, but like it was in text and people are he easy. He lets to, down like, his look. guard a little bit more, yeah. like it through performance in this. And Squall from Eight is the same same exact thing. Like not so much the, the bravado of it, but like he fully admits as that game continues that he is like has a hard time expressing himself and like tries to change that head on. Um, mm-hmm. also I think that stuff comes across a little bit better out of the gate in eight, because unlike a lot of those games, eight more constantly gives you a direct feed of like the inside of Squall's yeah, head, even you during conversation. Yeah. You get internal monologues constantly in eight, um, which was, it wasn't uh, not done in the others, but it wasn't done at that volume. Yeah. Like, you're like it's, you're it's getting constant. it almost all the time. Yeah. It's, it's constant in eight. Um, yeah. yeah. Not, yeah, nine absolutely. is kind of yeah. It's it's on the way to ten as far as like you're kind of your 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 the the distinction from one or the other like. But same thing. There's more of an arc mm. from Zidane from like this puckish like ladies' man rogue to someone who gives a shit about his friends and has kind yes. of always been that person. But mm-hmm. I I agree with you, Shay, that Titus is maybe a little more in touch with his emotions, but. I still think there's like a toxicity there because a lot of his emotions are purely toxic. Like the things I don't, I don't think Titus is a bad character at all. I just, the things that are toxic about him are like oftentimes him throwing a tantrum about his dad sucking. 
I, I mean, and you're not wrong, but one of those things, to, one, one thing to remember is a lot of, and it's the same, the same goes for a lot of Final Fantasy characters. You got to kind of put it into the context of who these characters are, because a lot of them are teenagers. Um, Cloud, Squall, Z- I don't know if Zidane, I'm pretty sure Zidane is a teenager. And Zidane Titus. is supposed to be like 18 or 19, I want to say. I don't remember if they ever say it directly. He's supposed one to be of those... older than most of the others, but still young. Um, yeah. I know Squall is 16 because uh I feel like Quistis he was like early 17. 20s was... Maybe. It I may think be St- even in the Steiner booklet. might be like the old... That's It was. Steiner might be the oldest character, and I think he's supposed to be like 28 or something. Something like yeah. that. But it's it's important to remember that Titus is still really young. I mean, he's he's a teenager, and um, dealing with with a family member disappearing after, you know, looking up to him and, you know, doing things in your life to try and impress that family member. And then suddenly they disappear. Yeah. I mean, it's going to have, it's going to have a profound mental and emotional effect on you. So I'm not excusing his toxic behavior, but it's also kind of important to remember that, you know, Um, I had a, and this, this is not entirely related. I had a student last year who um, their father passed away suddenly in like his early 40s. The father did. And the student's demeanor. Zidane is 16. I double checked that. Yeah, I oh, just wow. saw okay. that. Like so he, same he, age. he acts more mature than the yeah. others right from the beginning. So it, it seems like he's older. But no, they're, they're all still teenagers. Right. And St- Steiner is the oldest at 33. Uh-huh. Right. Young, so, young guy. Um, that that uh that student's demeanor completely changed and eventually it kind of got back to where it was but it was never the same obviously now i i mean like mm. i think about that when i think about not specifically that instance but like those kind of experiences when it comes to titus and him losing his father and it's it's easy to see where some of that like toxic behavior comes from and again, never excuses it, but you can understand it better, is what I'm trying to say. Sure. But, yeah, I mean, that's... I, I love Titus. I think he's always gotten a huge, huge bad rap. Um, and so I wanted to set the record straight earlier this week, and that's, what, that's why we're doing this whole topic now, because uh, a lot of people have different, very different opinions, which is cool. Both positive, negative, neutral, uh, agreeing, disagreeing, and whatnot. Uh, Rich, though, Rich has a very different yeah. answer. So, Rich, um, who is I your do. favorite you, main protagonist? Do you know what my answer is? How do you? I mean, I don't know if you, I actually know because you had jokingly you put. Uh, well, you put multiple answers in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, well, if you if I you, you don't think I know, then why did you ask if I knew? If I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, because you seemed very sure. You seemed very sure. I'm sure um, that I don't. That your answer is different than Josh's and mine. It's Vaughn. I'm sure no. of that. <laughs> um, yeah, no. I actually I made like a short list for this, and a lot of a lot of the people that were on that short list already came up, and I think we kind of addressed the do's and don'ts of them. But as I reflected more and more on it, I, I'm delving out of the mainline series and actually going with Ramza as my pick. Ah. Um, the more I think back on Final Fantasy Tactics and Ramza's journey, yeah, like that's yeah, he is such an interesting character just because of the dynamics with that world. Uh, for anyone who's unfamiliar, because I know not everybody has played Final Fantasy Tactics, obviously, that is a very political story, and it, it 
it's framed sort of like you're reading a historical text about the the true events of this war and how um a different character in history is heralded as sort of the hero of this war but secretly ramza was working in the background and is sort of like the forgotten real champion of everything and, yeah. and it's the story of like this son of a noble and as his family steps up and he sort of falls out of their good graces him turning to becoming a mercenary and being thrust into this position of heroism where he's trying to rescue a princess and sort of getting back into the thing he was running away from in the first place and his development is just so interesting especially when you get you spend the entire first act of that game which is relatively short i'd say like four to five hours getting this picture of him one way and then his entire life is thrown into upheaval and you're sort of rushed through to a totally different version of him who's trying to bar himself off from that past and he's he's one of my favorite final fantasy protagonists hands down i wasn't even thinking of the tactics games because yeah yeah ramza's great marsh is great from tactics advance like there's yeah they're doing such weird different things with it that yeah yeah those are those are those are all great um man you're gonna make me need to replay tactics again now it's... without that vita baby that's what it's for mm-hmm. uh yeah i didn't i haven't had enough time with that <laughs> that's another one of those games where i started and then i never just finished when i was younger and it's another na- game i need to go back to but i'm glad yeah. you picked something that was out of the norm a little bit uh not like difficult difficult but kind of it wants you to grind occasionally yeah so yeah that can be that can be one that can kind of you're gonna want to slow you uh, down occasionally become a ninja learn two swords then switch back to knight and attack with two broadswords this is the key to victory mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean i'm not i'm not against grinding in those kind of games because yeah. uh shining force you can do that to yep. a degree and really break the game and i'm yeah i'm, yeah, the, I'm used the, to that the other but... other upside or not upside but the other the other technique to that is that uh like when you get to the end of basically every every level you your 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 healers are gonna have a hard time keeping up level wise unless you just kind of sit there with one enemy left and just have them heal over and over until they run out of mana so you can get as much experience as you need. Get the JP you need. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Keep them. Keep them caught up with the rest of the party. The other secret is to never forget that Cloud is in that game mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> is a ridiculous powerhouse. Mm-hmm. Did you guys ever play Chocobo Racing for the PS One? I didn't put a ton of time into that game, but I definitely did own it. Hmm. Yeah. I can't remember if I ever even rented it. I don't don't think i did i know i played a you know of course you played hours and hours of it in seven but i don't think i ever played the standalone chocobo racing well, so so That's the standalone memory. was actually more like a like a mario kart style game yeah, than yeah. actually yeah. yeah and it was active it, it was a really fun sort of experience mm-hmm. i remember having a fun time with it back in the day and one of the big draws of that game was if you beat it a certain amount of times you get you unlock certain characters. So I believe granted, don't quote me on this. I can't remember <laughs> the exact number, but I believe if you were to beat it five times, you'd get it. You'd get squall. If you beat the campaign five times. And then if you beat it eight times, you get cloud. And I never, 
because I would always borrow it from a friend. I never got around to beating it that many times, unfortunately. But that was that was such an interesting era where they had these offshoots, and you could always, you know, get one of those characters in your game. Like Cloud and Sephiroth was in Ergies. And that was such a big deal. And that was the big uh, selling yes, Ergus, point. God bless the ring. The greatest fighting game ever made. <laughs> well, I mean, it's no the bouncer. An Easter sunset, an Easter Sunday tradition <laughs> in this house. We wake up early, we fire up Ergus. God bless the ring. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But um, it's kind of interesting to think about that in retrospect, like that time of the Final Fantasy games. Well, I mean, th- that makes for a shorter discussion, so I'm actually going to I'm gonna insert another, like, mini-topic that's mm. kind of an offshoot of this um, that none of us are prepared for to keep the conversation going, because this is such a fun conversation. <laughs> Who is your favorite side character? Like, one of the ones that's in your party in any of the Final Fantasy games. Oh, that is a uh, more interesting question. Um, hmm. I don't. I wouldn't say more interesting. It's just to keep the conversation going. <laughs> but, no, 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 um, no. But, well, you know what I mean. Like it's an interesting layer. Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, what I'm gonna do, um, is I'm gonna do an un- unexpected thing here. I'm gonna set us on break really quick. Um, I have a quick emergency, and we will be right back. Don't go anywhere. Hello everyone, it's me, Dom, here to tell you about the new Champion After Dark episodes. Show and Rich recorded a three-part series about me, Dom, and the One Ring. Yes, we talked about the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> listen to it whenever you listen to podcasts. And give me the one ring, my precious. Uh, we are back from my uh, emergency. <laughs> as I was telling the guys off the air, I won't go into as much detail. Um, I went to the grocery store a few days ago, and being the American that I am, I really miss cereal, breakfast cereal sometimes. And I was looking at the package and I was like, oh, this one has strawberries in it. I want that one. And I did not realize there were fiber cereals in Japan. And um, I bought one that had an excess amount of fiber. And so the last few days I've been spending my time in the bathroom paying for not being able to read Japanese well enough. Um, long story short. But yeah. But did you get to the um, maze on the back of the box? <laughs> no, no, I was too busy holding my stomach. Now, now you know why that maze ends with a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> clearly, clearly. But we have a surprise. Um, I I didn't tell the other guys about this. Um, because this is such a fun and interesting topic. Obviously, a lot of people have uh very passionate opinions, and there's nobody who has a more passionate opinion than our good friend Sector 7 Item Shop. Leslie's here. Yay. Leslie so we brought in at the last moment. Um, Leslie, how are you doing today? I'm great. I'm good. <laughs> I'm, good. I'm so happy you're here. And 
since this is audio only, you can't see Leslie's holding a chocobo, which I initially thought was a duck. Because <laughs> like I'm a, real a terrible one. Like human she, being. She bred it to science. <laughs> it's a real duck. The She's Final holding Fantasy a chocobo. It's cute. That's right. She has a stuffed Marlboro behind her, which I didn't even know those existed. I just pictured She's like a stuffed animal of the, the Marlboro man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like a carton of stuffed cigarettes. <laughs> Welcome to the eighties, kids. The lighter was <laughs> extra. Right. You can actually pull a stuffed cigarette out. I don't know why you'd want to do that, but imagine if that because existed. smoking makes you look cool. I mean, they do have like the stuffed, uh, what's like stuffed strawberry licorice or something, and you pull it out, it smells like strawberry. So, yeah, there you go. There's a, yeah. there's a market for that. It just it smells, smells like, like stale sick. <laughs> it smells like I grandpa. Mean, you want to get plushies into adults' hands. There's some 67 year old guy who's like, I can't go to sleep without my plushie cigarette. The, I just can't fall asleep if I'm not cuddling it. It's a mm-hmm. Joe Camel plushie that just smells like smoke. <laughs> smells like Agnes. <laughs> Better times. This reminds me of when you could smoke in diners. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Damn whippersnappers. Oh, man. I, I, yeah, there, there are a lot of places we could go with that. But we were about to launch into a side topic, but I'm actually, because Leslie joined us, we are going to pivot right back to the conversation we we're having right before she got here. Leslie, who is your main favorite main protagonist in the final fantasy universe and why? So I'm going to go from final fantasy six. Cause we know how I feel about that. And, uh, I, I feel like all of those characters could be a main protagonist. Um, and I'm going to say Stella Sheree. Oh yeah. Mm. That's a good pick. That's a very good pick. Interesting. Why? Um, there's a lot of growth in all of those characters, but I feel like with Celis, there's, I, I feel like there's a lot more. Um, she starts off as this very independent. I don't need anybody. I can do it on my own kind of person. And, um, you know, through the power of friendship, uh, she, like, anime. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The power of friendship compels you. Um, she comes to find that, you know, like you don't, always have to be alone um and that's something that even now as an adult i struggle with you know trying to do everything on my own um but she's always been my favorite you know what i mean like she gets all the good the good shit in final fantasy she gets to do the opera she gets stolen away by setzer and like it's she's the best part pivotal Mm -hmm. pivotal roles for sure exactly i do love like I, i think that's a great pick because i love how if you think about most of the Final Fantasies, not all of them, but most of them, they have a really strong female protagonist in almost every game. And I really love and appreciate that they have that inclusivity. And I think that's why a lot of people have loved Final Fantasy over the years. And I think that's a really good pick, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, full disclosure, I've never, I've watched it. I've never played Final Fantasy VI myself. I've watched oh. a lot of gameplay and a lot of other people play it. I know, I know, I know. Like I all said, right, I need to go back and go. play. I'll see you later. Thanks for stopping by. Bye. I told him not to say that. Thanks yeah. for stopping by. <laughs> no, I need I need to sit down and play it myself. I mean, watching it's one thing, experiencing it by playing it is another entirely different thing. Bro, you but... haven't lived until until you suplex the train. You haven't lived. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Rich, I think we're gonna have to get merch of that because I think you've mentioned it 
every month ever since you joined this podcast i think that has been your most recurring bit is that's like if you want to talk about like great gaming moments that's one of the greatest gaming moments of all time because you you know you can do that going in and you're like is he really gonna do that and then he totally fucking does it yeah and rich has done his playthrough he's done his time already yeah i've suplexed that trains more time than you can count it is your turn shay your turn maybe that's like i i need to stream that when i get to that point and then Rich is just there, his face, his O face. <laughs> it's going to take him like 20 minutes to get the right combination That's... down, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Was that on, on the air that time I said that if they, they did a remake of 6 in the same like production value that they did 7, the collector's edition, like you know how the collector's edition of 7 came with that really nice like high quality figure of Cloud on the... Uh... <laughs> on the motorcycle like the sixth one would have to be a train get a statue That'd of a train getting suplexed mm-hmm. that would be amazing <laughs> like i wonder just what, what would be your pile price driving a train rich? how much would you pay for something like that 250 uh, yeah <laughs> a decent amount that would be like a conversation Square piece in like the entryway to my home yeah yeah mm-hmm. it like literally is just sitting there on your floor it. in the middle of the entry mat and someone's like what is this doing here oh funny you asked that let me tell you <laughs> in the most conspicuous of places just so you can discuss it when we get our mansion it's gonna be like light to the top. yeah Ooh. exactly there's a a spiral nice staircase train. going around it to the upper levels imagine imagine having that kind of money and just being that extra mm-hmm. yep yeah. We make plans for I it. I can. I think about it a lot. <laughs> I think, you know, I often think, I often think about opening a bar with a, a giant statue of Waluigi in it. I think, you know, if I had that kind of money, I would just make a replica of Ultimicia's castle, like, perfectly. And, like, you have to do the switches and everything just to get to the kitchen. Where the fuck is the kitchen in here? Well, you gotta hit this switch to go into this room, and you gotta battle this guy to get into the kitchen to get something to eat. I just want every time. Do you have the evil crest? No, but I have the moon test. Yeah, I'd start a business that was like a resi- <laughs> raccoon God damn it, locksmith. Dad, why did you build this shit? <laughs> you remember that one time I woke up and you were in the house like pots. 3 a.m. staring at me? No, but... <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> I'm, stuck in, I'm stuck in the music room. How do I get out of here? I don't know how to play Moonlight fucking Sonata. <laughs> uh, just play here. Was it? I was gonna say your, I was gonna say instead of your ocarina, your Okinawa. I don't. My brain's not functioning today. Apparently, <laughs> that's a place. That's a place, not a thing. But no. Um, uh, Leslie, when you when we took a break, we actually were pivoting the conversation into who is your favorite side protagonist in the Final Fantasy universe and why. And Richard said, "Well, that's a much more interesting <laughs> conversation." Which kind of hurt my feelings. Uh, not really, but <laughs> not at all. But um, it worked. It worked. No, so we're gonna pivot into that, and um, I'm actually gonna go first because uh, I'm selfish. Um, <laughs> I think one of my favorites is uh, Red Thirteen, just because uh, a he's awesome. He looks amazing, and he stands out so much from the rest of the cast of Final Fantasy VII. But I really like his story about how he's this kind of this specimen that has been tested on, but he has this rich history and 
his story arc is so fascinating um, to me that I feel like when I played the original Final Fantasy VII, that while you do get some time learning about this character, that there was so much left on the table, which I'm really hoping that they add more to in the remake. I think that's one of the cool things that the remake is doing because they're um, making it into multiple games that they have the opportunity to really explore some of these characters and flesh them out even further. I really like Red 13 I think you've already because seen that of with the potential. That's true. Yeah. That's true. I Yeah, the potential is one of the big reasons why I like that character. Like, there's a lot there that's really fascinating about him, and I just want that explored further. Um, there's no, like, profound reason like I had with Titus. He was just one of those characters growing up that I gravitated towards. So, um, Rich, I'm going to throw it to you next. Who is one of your favorite side protagonists sure um, so it yeah, doesn't I'm have a... to be a protagonist either i mean it could be an antagonist no, no, I get what you mean. I'm, I'm just kind of going like my favorite party member oh great kafka then he poisons people no um he just poisons water because he thinks it's funny um i do actually my pick actually is from final fantasy 6 and a lot of it is not the character is very one-dimensional in terms of that type of character the era but i want to bring up shadow specifically because Final Fantasy would do stuff like this later, but that Merc character who is kind of there once you pay him and then can disappear at random is one of my favorite weird ideas. And then spoiler alert for a very fucking old game. um, One of like my first memories of like playground rumors about games as a kid was people telling me about waiting for shadow on the floating continent. Um, And I had to do like a whole nother playthrough of the game. So for anyone who's unfamiliar, there's a point in six where you're escaping the floating continent and you're on a timer to get back to the ship and get out of there. And Shadow kind of falls behind. And you can choose to sit and wait for Shadow until the last minute. And you're like, oh, no, if the timer goes off, we're uh-huh. fucked. But if you wait, he does show up and rejoins the party. Um, and I remember people telling me, no, no, you just got to wait. You got to wait. Shadow comes back. I I really love that part because um, uh, Sassy and Chance were waiting for him to get out of that mutt pit. And you don't think he's going to come back, and he manages to pull himself out of that mud pit. <laughs> you guys going to leave me hanging it's on that? Come on, that was, that was a little bit what funny. Is... Come on. We can't, we can't address bound. it. We'll all start crying. We don't talk Yeah, about... that's true. That is true. <laughs> Fuck, that wrecked me as a kid. That wrecked me as a kid. Mm-hmm. But no, that's that's actually really cool. I I wouldn't have thought that as your one of your favorite side characters, Rich. Um, Leslie, which what is one of your favorite um, side characters from the Final Fantasy universe? It's always and hard why? for me to think like on my feet about these questions. I I'm gonna go with Wedge from the remake, just because the modern wedge he, he the, the modern wedge him, like mm-hmm. such a great sense of humor um and even though he's like a recurring character throughout a lot of the installations of final fantasy um he i think they did him like so much better in the remake and you know with all that extra character development and stuff he's just like a good character to be around you know the interaction between him and cloud and you know him and tifa and him and the other members of avalanche i think it's just um really adds to like it breaks up the seriousness at times you know what i mean 
Yes, absolutely. I really love that moment when um, it's it's a little it's a little bit hazy exactly what they're doing, but I believe they're jumping out of an airplane or they're parachuting him in cloud. And one of the things the I really plate. like about yes, and one of the things I really like about Wedge is because of who he is as a character, he brings out a lot in both the plot and both in other characters. He he helps so much with the development of those characters and making them more likable and making them, them more personable. And that's largely just because of who that who wedges as a character and who he's allowed to be in this remake. I really, I very much agree with you, Leslie, on that. It's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's a lot of fun. Like, I really like all, like, Biggs, Jesse, and Wedge. I'm glad all three of those characters got a lot more development even bigs i think like obviously last year jesse was the big internet meme and wedge was a really cool character a lot of people liked as well but yeah. even bigs yeah i like him a lot as a character too even though he's kind of like an afterthought there there was he, a lot of thought on certain people because when mm-hmm. they were retooling the characters they just went over to jesse and just turned up the horny meter <laughs> for sure i mean there, there's a lot of pandering to the fans who have been fervent over the years but um yeah, I, I do like Biggs and how he develops in that game as well. I'm glad all three of those characters got more screen time because that's that's one of those things you kind of think about when you played the original is like, who are these characters? And like, you don't necessarily need to know that, but it's cool to get some of that story. Like going to Jesse's house was a really cool thing, getting to know Biggs and Wedge. And it makes that, that stuff that, even that, just gives you more context for the world. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. exactly. And it makes that um, that tower scene that much more important obviously yeah. when it happens yeah the impact um, for the events later definitely helps um i guess drive that point home and if uh yeah. as someone yeah. who played the original games like for all of us i think it's driving that po- point home earlier because of i shouldn't say what's coming but what we think is coming for sure in all of their cases because as we know that game does some stuff uh, but like it, it makes that's those moments dreading those moments and the changes that come about because of it even more impactful. Could you imagine if they were so bold um, that because they basically with the remake said, hey, we're changing up the well, theoretically changing up the plot to where it, like anything goes now. Um, could you imagine a world where they make it? that you can play as Wedge, Biggs, and Jesse out in the actual world. Like, there's a moment where you can't play as the other characters and you have to play as those three. That would be kind of cool, actually. I mean, we know, like, that in its entirety can't really happen going into part two, but, like, I I said even playing that first part, and I had hoped going in beforehand, when you look at how limited, like, the party space is in the first game and because of where it takes place, I always thought the three of them should have been added as party members for part one. Um, there's, they're a big enough part of that first act in the original game and even more so in this. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if they decided they were going to add a DLC sometime later that was like, uh, like an avalanche DLC or take us a, back to Cosmo Canyon mm-hmm. Yeah, when oh, they were please. founded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, Leslie, I was thinking about that. I, I would think like there'd be a DLC or some kind of like chapter or two where it's like, let's go check in on Midgar and see how everything's going while they're doing like a their Midgar adventure. dating sim yeah. where you play as Jesse. <laughs> yeah, Cosmo Canyon would be amazing. Like, it'd be so cool. Because there's not, yeah, I, I can't mean, wait the original for that is section. not enough development for Red. And, and 
mean, they, even in the remake, the first part of the remake, I thought there was definitely going to be more, but I guess there just was not room for it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the whole I mean, thing is they, they were definitely too busy back running on some of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, they even said they, they got to the point of, like, Red was in so little of that game that they didn't flesh out his kit into a playable kit. Mm-hmm. Um, if anything, I could very much see Red getting the same sort of DLC piece Yuffie gets, maybe in, in addition to Part 2. Yeah. Um, because his his character does have so much more story to tell even before he meets um, the rest of the party. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. they could just totally expand upon that in the main game because there are totally points in that that are coming where they flash back to that stuff and they could just go a lot deeper with mm-hmm. it. Mm. As a quick aside before I throw the topic to Josh, Leslie, have have you played the uh the remake DLC? What is it? Inner inner mission, intergrade, whatever. Intermission is the DLC, intergrade yeah. is the PS5 version of the game. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's yeah. Ah, that's confusing. No, but yeah, have you played that yet? Which one of those idiots DLC? looked at the Xbox One SX, like, and, and said, "This is a great idea. We need to do this with our game." Listen, the Xbox man. SX Tricky. It's anime. That's SSX Tricky Three Xbox Squared. It's very good DLC. Once it's easy to get in your hands, I'd, I I will not that I have to tell you to. I'm sure you will. Like, hop on playing that. It's real good. Hmm. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, like, yeah, we're we're in an interesting, <laughs> confusing place right now with gaming, with like all the name naming schemes and all the different pricing schemes. I hope well, like, this is an anime stuff... product. They were always named like mm-hmm. that. Cloud anime. Yeah, I, I just think like it's at like the the pricing differential and all the names and all the gens. Like, there's so much that's confusing right now with gaming. It's like it's hard to keep up with everything sometimes, and so. Um, I'm not excusing myself, obviously, because I'm one of the hosts of a video game podcast. I should know that stuff. But um, if other people are feeling overwhelmed, just realize you're not the only one. Like that, that those naming schemes and like the pricing points and everything is very confusing right now. So, Kingdom Hearts to the Third Power coming to X- Xbox One Q. That's the special download coming to the Dream Q. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the new switch coming this box. summer <laughs> upgrade from the film collins with sega genesis or maybe next summer we'll announce it two weeks when it's supposed to be yeah coming exclusively to the sega nomad <laughs> i would love for sega to get back into the console market i miss them i'm one of five people who feels that way i know i know i'm in the minority yeah i get it i get it I don't want to have to buy another console to play uh, Yakuza on, so... Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm... I'd be fine with them doing something at this point, because it, it, like... These days, it wouldn't have to run on 18D batteries. So... Fucking Sega Game Gear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the gas generator yeah. that ran the Sega Nomad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the two-stroke you engine. You have three solar to... panels yeah. at the back of your house just to charge that thing. Mm-hmm. Man, I flooded my Sega Saturn. <laughs> Oops, I overcharged that battery. But no, Josh, uh, let's get to you because, like, <laughs> before we get too far on a tangent, who is your favorite side character in the Final Fantasy universe and why? I mean, I kind of mentioned this earlier with like why it's hard for Zidane to be the fi- you know favorite main character is because of all the amazing side characters 
in nine. Uh, but yeah, Vivi is just one uh, of yeah the best Final Fantasy characters of the entire yeah series. Um, Vivi is the highlight of that game. From what little I've played of that game, uh-huh. Vivi is definitely the highlight of that game. Yeah, he's so just like effortlessly charming, but still has a lot of depth to all the uh, like just all the emotions he's going through and all the all the questions he has to have answered to uh, kind of. Also, a very naive, naive kid, but in like a super endearing way. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, excellent I, character. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. I'm really glad yeah. his grandpa decided not to eat him. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you. Mm-hmm. All right. You guys ready to read some of the listener comments and reflect on them? Agree or disagree? Remember, this is like a I don't know. joking, but an argument. Like, you guys can be like, are you fucking crazy? Mm. Like, let the fans have it. Not really. <laughs> That's right. If you ever want to comment on the topic of the show, by the way, um, at the Sword Chomp Instagram every Thursday, Shay's um, personal post... phone numbers in the description. Yeah, exactly. That's right, and you can and call you me. It, we'll give me... it to you. That's right. Just no problem. hit me up on Instagram. I have no problem giving you his personal cell phone number. <laughs> I don't know if you're serious or not. That scares me. No, I know you wouldn't do that. I know you wouldn't do that. But no, um, at on every Thursday, if you want to comment, we would love to read your comments on the show. Um, it's really fun for us to kind of discuss um, your guys' answers. So I'm going to read through some of them now. Um, Rasp Barrel, uh, long time no see. Uh, she's been a fan of ours for a very long time. Uh, back since the SPT days. Uh, she said Titus because X is the best. Other than that, I usually prefer the side characters more than the main ones. Um, you know, obviously, I gave my whole spiel for Titus. There's not too much to add there, but I completely agree with you. Um, Titus is the best. Where my Kamari stands. <laughs> Kamari was Kamari's such a... Kamari's just a budget wharf. <laughs> yeah, he's the best, I agree. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, that, that character had so much more potential. And uh, they didn't, they didn't maximize on that. I mean, he's still um, he's still one of the best blue mages. But can I can I change my uh, side character choice to the beavers from Final Fantasy Two? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, if Leslie says yes, you got Boko. my approval. Boko from Boko was from one, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. It's Boko. It's a good yeah. side pick. Bobby Kelly Corwin from Nine. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly A Mature O Eating said, Can we throw X2 and Dirge of Cerberus into the mix? I said, Yes, please, by all means. And then we don't never got an answer so. from that. But that I mean, that was Josh. That was Josh with Yuna saying from X2. So um Yeah, that works. I mean, any any entry yeah. into the Final we, Fantasy we should, universe. It's 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 <sighs> seems they like it's coming really... back into the mainline game now. All the all the they characters should... from that, so they should really re- yeah let's let, that's a <laughs> conversation for another day uh intermission is a trip um they should really retell vincent's story in a game that doesn't suck ass <laughs> vincent's such a cool character be... that yeah i think you should explore that further infinitely more playable just porting it to pc 
like even conceptually if you black and white layout Vincent Valentine as a character he's basically an ex mafioso for a giant corporate mega company turned super turned like magic vampire mm-hmm. it's very weird <laughs> and then we could also get the game that I've been waiting for uh watching Sid's life story as he grows into the character from up. Um, cause he is also a grumpy old guy. I mean, that's the, that's the game we've all been waiting for. But was the grumpy old guy an up an astronaut? You know, there's a lot we don't know about his life and that's so the thing. That's been, is why we need that me. game. Mm-hmm. We need the game to bridge the gap. Smoking tea drinker. Yeah. We know he was, we know he worked at a zoo, but, uh, what, what did he do in his free time? In in Sid's He's day, the one you who made the Marlboro, Marlboro plushies. <laughs> it's just they're so in fucking plushies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's yeah, the guy who goes to sleep every night bucks. with the Marlboro plushie. <laughs> Sit down and buy your goddamn. And plush. we we bring that joke back around. <laughs> <laughs> buy a plush. He's like the Aerith. He's like the grumpy Aerith of uh of uh Midgar. Buy a fucking plush. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're not gonna buy. Get out. <laughs> Get out of my sector, goddammit. Exactly. Um, Stage select start said, I love Celeste or Celis, who feels like she becomes the main in the second half of Final Fantasy VI. Yeah. Also, in my headcanon, you guys are going to love this Vivi is the real main protagonist in Final Fantasy IX and my favorite character from that game. He's so great. Oh, yeah. Who is is Celis or Celeste? I'm not, I don't remember. Celis is. Is this character right, One right there? She's the sort of magic knight. She's the blonde, character. yeah. Yeah, the, the retired general from. The, she was uh, like genetically infused with magic. She's like Terra on the same level as Terra, but she can't. Uh, she's like Captain dash. America, but yeah. magic there you instead go. of ah. Uh, okay, okay, I remember now. Okay, yeah, she has peak eighties anyway, hair. Yeah, but I love it. She kicks ass. Oh yeah. Yeah, she's kind of the one that gets the band back together after. You know, yeah. after the clown wins. Yeah, after yeah. the apocalypse in the middle of... After the Joker kills Batman. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's kind of... That reminds me of Final Fantasy VII, because, like, when Cloud has his amnesia moment, it's up to Tifa to get the band back together. It's always a mm-hmm. strong female who has to get the band back together, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Thank God for women. Where would One we be? One last show. <laughs> Where would we mm-hmm. be without women? JT Ruiz said, no contest here. Probably dead. Benjamin from Final Fantasy Mystique Quest. <gasps> Mystic Quest. I love that one. Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't even consider that one. I should have. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. haven't played I, those in forever. I was like, that's a left field that's, answer. And he's like, yeah. actually, that's a no field answer, which so I don't get this answer yeah. at all. Because I don't it's know. like the bastard it, child of Final Fantasy. Isn't yeah. Mystic Quest technically a mana game? Yes. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's. it's it was originally not a Final Fantasy game, but during the localization, you know how we somehow got one, two, and three, which were they wanted one, to attach a name the states already they knew. Yeah. so much stuff. Um, Mystic Quest was a completely different game that they strapped the Final Fantasy name onto stateside. It's it's yeah. it's really good, but it's it's if I'm very if I'm different. not mistaken, it is technically a uh, from the Mana series. Um, but they, yeah, they wanted to attach the name Final Fantasy because it was a more sellable brand in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So it's more yeah. well known in the West. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. To be honest with you, which okay, now that makes sense why it's a no field answer. I got it. Okay, 
mm-hmm. Mr. Justin coming in there with a the funny <laughs> answer. Cold Bow Podcast said, sorry, fam, as much as I love Titus and Zidane, the only answer is Cloud Strife. His popularity and obviousness should be all the answer you need. His character design was and is iconic and groundbreaking. When you say Nintendo, you think of Mario. When you say Sega, you think of Sonic. And when you say Final Fantasy, you think of Tifa and her nice jugs. I mean, you think of Cloud. That's, yeah. I, I think mean, of Cl- Mog, Cl- the only acceptable That's answer. That's true. Or Chocobos. Mm-hmm. Or Cactar. Yeah. I mean, Cactar. like, we've had that discussion oh, before. Yeah, Cactar, yeah. Or even like a oh, Tonberry wait, oh, is okay. pretty That's iconic. fuck a Tonberry, man. Yeah. I can't believe I missed that answer. <laughs> Cactar Conductor uh, from oh, World of Final Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we had this discussion a long time ago about like what's iconic and for each series, what would be the icon. And we actually kind of had this discussion slash argument it wasn't quite an argument but yeah when we were thinking about final fantasy we were like who what would be who or what would be the icon um i think if you're talking about main protagonists though obviously cloud is the poster child um i think that goes without saying because uh he was such a pivotal character for so many people like now do i agree with that like being the best character no objectively though is he the most iconic character out of the series i would say he's one of the most, if not the most. I, I I would say that's true. The Yeti from Six. Yeah. <laughs> He's great. Uh, <laughs> Strange AFC said Cloud or Zidane. Pretty easy answer there. The JP Raiders said Squall, which I like. I like. Um, yeah. There's another person who said Squall. Who has a very lengthy answer, which we'll get into that here shortly. Uh, this one person, I don't know who this is. Uh, pro, professor Layton said Titus. Uh, I don't know who that is, but I like that answer. Uh, it's crazy uh, how he becomes illiterate. Just for... that's so weird. Yeah, it's hard reading some of these names. It's hard answering my own Ian... questions. Ian Cotilla said Titus he was the first protagonist to have mostly support moves and abilities plus you know uh, spoiler alert really quickly spoiler alert plus you know the whole dead thing Uh, yeah I think that was actually really better (laughs) (laughs) not wrong ghost did it best no um because he was actively I, I aware of it. Like, he's like, I just don't feel like dying. Hmm? Yeah. The, I didn't really like, think nope, about the support today. thing. <laughs> I didn't think about the support thing, but yeah, he is kind of very supporting of a character. Like, he gets haste, slow, and stop, which are yeah, all... Yeah, he's kind of the haste bot until you unlock that for everyone else. He's he's very much the, the time yeah. mage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is, I think, was pretty unique at the time for a Final Fantasy game, like, now that I think about it in retrospect. I mean, um... he wasn't... I mean, you started off four, kind of did the same thing, but you kind of you get all the holy okay. spells midway through. It's kind of his character arc and whatnot. And it, it was more about I think the the entire party as a whole in ten is more well rounded in terms of all of their abilities because so much of it hinges on how quickly you can swap people in and out in the the ten yeah. combat system. That's yeah. true. I just like when I think back, like 
obviously it's my frame of reference so i'm not trying to discount other final fantasy games or protagonists but like seven cloud was one of the strongest people in the party like physical damage dealers same with squall um if you're you know obviously if you're not getting into the the minutia and everything titus was never that character he's never the strongest character it was always oron which is interesting and so Titus was a unique, I think, a unique character for a lot of reasons. But I've already talked about that, so we're not going to get into that too much more than I have already gushed about Titus. Oh, had you so. talked about Titus? Who's that? Uh, Messi Valoni <laughs> said, my problem is that I sometimes like the villains more than the actual protagonists. But my favorite might be Terra from Final Fantasy VI. Her mind was taken over. I love how over. everyone thinks there's a different main character in six. They're all main characters. They're all because they're all main characters. Yeah, they're part. It's like it's so much more. The party splits up so often that it's hard to really say this is the main character in any meaningful way because they force you to break off and and play. Yeah, play as all of them. So like when the whole party's there together, you can just pick who you have as lead and who you you know you're walking around the world with bit of that is like in my head there's like this weird gap where i'm like tara is the main character because she's the first person she's the first yeah mm-hmm. but Bucky if asked bump. seriously and someone really wants to push you like really you think who's the main character of six then every time it's like mog mm-hmm. clearly <laughs> cool Let's, let me read the rest of her comments see if you guys agree or disagree her mind was taken over and she fought for her freedom and in the way she was having her journey of self-discovery searching for those values she could stand for, what she loved, her identity, own roots, and humanity, how to be whole, and how to accept love. And yet, she was stronger than most girls when it came to Edgar and his advances. People usually love Celeste. I think Tara was even bright, the brighter star with her growth in the dying world. What do you guys think? I mean, I, I, I don't have a, enough of a... Uh, cumulative knowledge of that game to talk about that you know, what do you guys I think, think that's a i think that's a fair fair case for tara she's a good pick she's a great character like i said a little bit earlier the only thing that ever like stopped like tara was on my short list but the reason she never comes up for me is like her writing gets a little bogged down by like that amnesiac trope of the control mind control thing but she's still a great character who goes very interesting places i just don't she doesn't feel like it never felt like there was like strong enough of a push with her character development for me. It was always just like, I'm an Esper person. I'm a human. Oh, I want to be loved. Uh, it was just never like, with some of the other characters, it was a very clear like what happened to them and where they were going and what they wanted to achieve or accomplish. And I know that she was like, thanks, spoiler for very old game maybe but i know she was taken when she was basically a baby and that's why she has no memory but um it's just you would think that she would want to find out more and it would be she's a lot of guessing going with you guys yeah yeah there would be more there you know what i mean like she would be more of a leader to pull them into you know let's figure it out instead of and that's why i feel like celis is more of a leader i guess i don't know tara gets more swept up in other people's problems i think think there's a few few things to unpack there 
like outside looking in again i don't have enough knowledge one of those things is like you mentioned leslie is um one of the things that i think a lot of people have become more aware of just in in gaming and media in general is kind of like the Bechdel test, which is something we're going to be discussing here very soon on the podcast, which is basically for those of you that don't know, it's a female character who has a conversation with um, other female characters that doesn't revolve around love or men. Um, Her main, the main care, the, the female characters story arc doesn't involve love or, you know, trying to get a man or a man trying to get her. There, there are these certain stipulations um, for a character or a story to pass the Bechdel test. And um, you're, you're kind of mentioning that in some ways of that this character was kind of bogged down by, by love in some ways that um, I think was very common in media back in this time. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of interesting to look at, look at in retrospect um, how some character, like how, how do I how do I word this? That women during that time were expected to try and like get a guy because they needed to be loved. Like that that was their their source of um personal affirmation and also this this um this way of basically denoting that they are worth anything is if a guy yeah. loves them. And I mean, obviously, we we're we're looking at that with a twenty twenty one lens, where we are very much changing that um, thought process. But it's also interesting to look at that as kind of like a timepiece, a, 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 a time capsule, if you will. Yep. Yeah, because it, both of their Tara and Celis's main, I guess, storylines kind of focus around that, and then you look at a character like Realm, who's pretty much just a kid and it it's kind of similar but most of her storyline does not revolve around like love and acceptance it's growing into who she's gonna be you know what i mean yeah yeah i mean i even think about final fantasy 7 which tifa like there's that will they won't they with cloud towards the beginning of the game Aerith or Eris, whatever you want to call her um obviously very much predicated on that kind of love thing uh yuffie is not about that yuffie is just about materia and wutai and um a lot of people find her annoying but at least you know in some way she passes the bechdel test which is kind of cool um but the other thing i wanted to unpackage about your comment leslie which i'm not like i don't disagree with it at all i just find it interesting like an interesting conversation is that um take from a side hearing, t- tara tara is a very uncertain leader in this and i think that i think that's kind of cool that you would have a leader who is very uncertain because i feel like a lot i mean growing up and even now we look at people and we're like fuck like they have all this success they're doing all these things right and the the thing to remember is most people have no fucking idea what they're doing they're just trying things and seeing if it works and when they find out it works they run with that and they expand upon that and i think that's that's such a cool concept to be explored in video games. Like to have a character not know what the hell they're doing, even though they're a leader. That's a lot of people, you know, on Shay's note. I think it's important to note kids that always remember the real key to happiness in life is making sure that everyone else thinks you have it all figured out. I think it's sitting down and drinking your goddamn tea, but what do I know? Yeah. I mean, I yeah. most mostly bourbon for me. 
Oh. Sure. I, I could go for some tea right now. Um, <laughs> Paul, Paul Ellis, Ellis, uh, I'm actually struggling with this. Paul Ellison Jr. Okay, it wasn't that hard. Jesus Christ. Zidane all day. Just another Zidane bit. all day. No, that was not a bit. That is was this, literally is this a Smurf account of yours. <laughs> no, no, no. That was that one was not a bit. That was literally me struggling. What do you have to struggling. say this time, Shay? Uh, re- that's my that's my alt account. Uh, Reeve Matt, which uh, Rich will be very pleased with the, this one. Ramza Belove. Beolve. I I always pronounced it Belove. Um, I'm sure. I think it's, it's Beolve. I'm sure if it's worth correcting, someone will correct me on it. Um, yeah, actually, Matt posting that is what got me thinking about Final Fantasy Tactics again, and after thinking very hard is uh, what made me be like, yeah, no, he's right. That is, a, that is like, one of the deepest built-out Final Fantasy protagonists for me. Yeah. I'm going to fly through a few more of these comments just because this conversation, as great as it has been, has gone on a little long. Um, if there's any, like, noticeable, notable ones that we haven't real, Actually, all of them are very different. Okay. Wade Langer, Noctis all day long. His story, growth, and evolution from the protected to the protector is easily my favorite progression in this series. That is a cool and very unique comment. Um, I didn't play enough of 15 uh, to have that kind of growth with Noctis, unfortunately. I got kind of lost in all the side content that you can do in that game very early on. Um, so I didn't get to experience that growth and progression, but that sounds really cool. That kind of actually makes me want to play more of Final Fantasy XV to see what um, Wade is talking about. Yeah. yeah. I do all like the, that game. All the main characters in Fifteen are just great. Um, the Kind of like I was saying earlier with... Uh, tend to having that small party dynamic uh allows them to flesh out those characters so much more uh and just give them these deeper personal lives i think that game is a lot better um with the content that came later that added the episodes that sort of cover the uh spoiler alert time skip in that game um that the the very character focused expansions <gasps> uh add a lot of depth to Every yeah. single character yeah, in that no, game no, in a, they in a great be way. Ready to you know cross the red line. Yes. Yes. We needed that Jamo uh third person shooter. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Rich. I'm sorry. The delay. Uh Jmouse seven ten said my favorite main protagonist would be Cecil from four. That story taught me so much about yep. how to deal with making big mistakes and second-guessing your worth. Realizing that what you wanted to be yeah. was not who you are, and accepting that and moving forward as who you truly are. Yeah, that's the one I was talking about earlier when you were kind of talking about, you know, a supporting main character because you start out that game as a, um, like, a dark knight and eventually become a paladin because, like, one of the first things you do in the beginning of that game is realize, oh, fuck, are we the baddies? And yeah, <laughs> and and yeah, kind of correct course. Um, and it's it's, cool. it's it's a really it's a really interesting uh, way to do a character like that. It's it they they four is great too. That's a, you really you do you need to go through a bunch of these old Final oh, Fantasy games. Yeah, there's there's sure. some cool stuff in them. I have a quick question. Like for people like me who have not 
played enough of those older games. Like, let's think back when Final Fantasy was a Nintendo product and not a Sony product. So that would be like one, mm-hmm. two, three, four, five, and six. What is the be- best way to play those games? Because obviously there's a lot of grinding well, with those games. Those games are very the best lengthy. Way just drop. Is there any way you can play them that makes it a little bit shorter? Kind of like the Final Fantasy VIII remaster where you have the fast forward option in the game. Is there a way to do that? Like, is there a way to play those games with that I, kind I, of feature? I don't know if those pixel remasters have a fast forward. Um, but aside from the font, which sucks a little bit, mm. those those versions that just <laughs> dropped, or at least one through uh, That's one through four six. have dro- have dropped so far. Yeah. Well, um, didn't yeah, five e- and either... six previously come out on mobile anyway? Yeah, but those versions are now gone, and these uh, versions are a little bit better. Uh, the 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 sprite work and all the pixel art is restored in in a much better fashion on these the text is still a little much like mobile porty eh, but um they're a lot better than the the ones that were out before this okay are they like yeah so so have you played them yet rich are they worth it worth it for the price point i'd say so um you you, you can buy them as a whole for uh like pre-order all of them for a little a slight discount um it's definitely the best way to to play those and i believe people are already have mods out that fix the text if you're so inclined oh, wow. sorry josh what were you saying i interrupted no you. no 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 no. those are those are the best ways to legally play them because a yeah. lot of the other remasters have had major just issues with them um that just kind of make them in some cases unplayable um and in other cases just not optimal like mm. with, when they re-released five and six on ps1, PS1 uh yeah. there were some puzzles that were based around the clock speed and you just couldn't do them so you'd get to almost the end of six and then you just get stuck um, they forgot the clocks on uh, clock speed on playstation one it turns out a lot different than a super nintendo <laughs> yeah um so yeah, like okay. e- either that the 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 brand new Pixel remaster and or buy a copy and then emulate it to get free. Yeah, yeah, sort of a thing. Because buy the cheapest copy and then emulate it. Yep, yep. Because those those that that still works pretty well. I mean, if you're buying those Pixel remasters piecemeal, they're not expensive anyway. Yeah. Um, if you're just gonna like I, I, and that also gives you the fast forward feature by way of. Emulators generally having that as an option. Yeah, I got the the whole set because mostly I was like, well, I'm gonna dip my toes in these. I'm gonna definitely play four. I'm gonna definitely play five, and I'm <laughs> definitely play six. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, because I've always wanted to play those games, but um, the I think one of the big big things that have been that has been barring me, and I'm sure for a lot of other people too, is you know those those older style RPG games are very prone to being grindy and. I, I want to be able to experience the game, but I also don't want to sit there and grind a ton. So. That was the beauty of the old RPG. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. In front of that Nintendo like, for hours. Mm-hmm. I, I miss those days, but obviously we're all older. We have um, no, crippling not. responsibilities. That You're old. <laughs> you know, so rude. Uh, we're all. I mean, except Leslie. I mean, she's about to turn 21 in a week, but. I mean, the rest of us are old, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Leslie, I'm going to say this. I am. I, know, I, am I know how old you are. You do not look your age at all. Yay, I will thank say that. You. You're welcome. 
And that that's not me kissing your ass. You really don't look your age at all. Because I'll be older, a year older, in two, almost exactly two months. Birthdays are fun. Mm. Still for me, because I am but 14. Hmm? Exactly. And a Russian, apparently. Really High school is exciting. Hello, fellow kids. Uh, Noain be- no Bever. Uh, I don't know how to say it. No Ain No Ain be ever. Ash because I refuse to recognize Van as a main character. Anyway, Ash is a good one. Great call. To, yeah. Ash is good. Hell of a lot better than mine. Willing to go to <laughs> impossible lengths to restore her kingdom and find justice for her husband's killer. Not a big yep. fan of the game, but I've always loved Ash. Second place is Zidane because space monkey god of destruction and Sailor Moon friendship powers. Spoiler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like spoiler, yeah, no, but like, no, I, I don't understand. He's 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 all the, the space best parts. monkey parts. Is spoiler. Yeah, he's he's all the best parts of Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball. And he's got daddy issues. Yeah, <laughs> who doesn't have daddy issues? Uh, Tawny S said, "Look to fuck with our good buddy Justin. Look, JT Ruiz. That's nice and all. That's the guy who said uh, mystery dungeon." Or Mystery Quest, whatever. Um, but Mainline Final Mystic Fantasy, Quest. it's Terra all Mystery day. Dungeon that is transibility, a game. that story. Mm-hmm. Come on, bud. I love it. I love the fight. I love the joking fight. Um, this is the biggest comment we got, and I've been excited to read this one. Bebop, one of our good friends and uh, patrons, said, My favorite is Squall by a mile. His story of overcoming his own trauma and insecurities to finally embrace others and give someone a piece of himself really spoke to me when I played it as a tween. I've always felt isolated and completely at odds with the rest of the world, so did Squall, but he managed to breach that feeling and make meaningful connections and build a family. I know on the previous post, I said I think the best is maybe Cecil from 4 or a number of characters from 6, and I stand behind that, but the great thing about the Final Fantasy games is that each game and protagonist speaks to people differently. I know that Cloud's story speaks to people that don't feel good enough. Cecil's story speaks to people that want to grow from their past indiscretions. And to that point, you can't go wrong with any one of them. Except 12. No one from 12 is good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, I I do like... That's a really good opinion. I mean, the thing is, Squall is a really awesome character. I think that it's more the fault of the writing that makes Squall's growth feels so disjointed because it does feel fairly abrupt but i think what they were going for there and some of the set pieces that they had to build towards that were really awesome and i like i like the yeah the sentiment of how he ends up growing or what he ends up going yeah. to be but how i he believe gets it's there, pronounced it, cinnamon. Like, how he gets there is just unfortunately not as tidy as i wish it would have yeah, been eight, or as i love consistent. eight but it feels like it's missing a disc. Uh-huh. Like there's some pacing issues uh-huh. and some of the flashbacks just don't come together as nicely as you it like it feels like it's missing a disc in Th- a lot of is, ways. This is the best explanation for and we've we've talked about this on other podcasts plenty, uh especially when we did the deep dive on eight. Um when I talk about how like different that game is after the first disc, I finally landed on the proper like way to explain it. It's almost like someone's telling you a story that happened to a bunch of people they know. And then after the events of the first disc, he's like, after that, I kind of lost touch with them. But here's what probably happened. <laughs> yeah. 
got that sort of feel to it, yeah. Yeah, or they're, like, the first part of the story, they were there for that, so they... They can talk about that. The rest and they just heard they weren't there for the rest of the story. Yeah. They got it and from And then hearsay, I ran out so to grab like... some pizzas, and they told me about it when I got back. Yeah, exactly. It's Ermin telling yeah. the story, but he Kinda actually like isn't in like the that. rest yeah. of the game. He's just making shit up. Exactly. He's like, and then here's what we all did next. Because mm-hmm. I the, didn't or, go home at all. Or it's like the first disc, like he's telling this really, <laughs> he or she or they are telling this really well-rounded story. And they realize people are intently listening. This is the first time that they've had a good story. And they're like, panic, and, then, and then, and then, like, a, like an eight-year-old child, like who just keep adding on to mm-hmm. the story. Uh, yeah. Well, actually, no, that fits in more, Shay, with the idea that people always speculated that, you know, Squall was supposed to die at the end of that first disc. Well, like, originally, that's where he was going with it, but all of a sudden, everyone's really invested, and he's like, oh, fuck, I gotta <laughs> keep this going. <laughs> yeah. That was the end. What do I do? <laughs> oh, fuck. And then they go to space, and then they fall in love, and then <laughs> they fight a doom train. <laughs> that's what happens. Sounds like some fucked up. I mean, to be yeah. fair, it's not the only Final Fantasy that leads into, and then they go to space. To, why? Uh, to hug um, a whale? Yeah. <laughs> they had to go to space to hug. Because the moon cries monsters. Because nobody can see showing physical affection for another in space. You can't get attached in space. <laughs> That was Squall's secret, actually. Space, stays everyone wondered. Everyone wondered why he couldn't form attachments, so he just told everyone he was in love with the girl that he was sure was going to die. <laughs> it, it's like Ryan from The Office when Ryan comes back, and um, oh fuck, what's her name? Kelly. What's Kelly? her name? Kelly. Kelly. Yes, Kelly's dating um the guy from the warehouse, Darryl. and then. He's like, oh, now I have to confess my love, oh, and then yeah. he and then he does, and then he wins her back, and then he's like, wait, I don't like her anymore. <laughs> I'm kidding, because obviously, yeah, yeah, exactly. Squall stays. That's the difference, but yeah, joking. I've been watching a lot of The Office the past few days. I've been watching it again. So um, Squall's actually in love with Seaver. <laughs> should just bang it out. Those two. There's depth. Kitfanfiction.net up. I'm sure there's some stories there. They'd be they'd argue about who pegs who just because stories. they'd be like, My dick's bigger, no my dick's bigger. <laughs> and like they'd be arguing about whose ass the dick goes into. You wanna you wanna know how they really got those scars? It wasn't swords. <laughs> that doesn't even make any sense. How would what's yeah. wrong with their dicks? So no, no, they they're both like arguing who's handles. bigger. Exactly. Different style pistol grips on there. I don't I don't like what I've invited in here. <laughs> that uh that little detail is giving away a little bit more information than they uh I just thought I was giving a fun take on a on a different love story and you all have sullied that. <laughs> that would be like that would be my favorite game of all time. If they had a scene like they remade Final Fantasy VIII like they did seven. Hold on. I'm looking up a, Final Fantasy VIII on fanfiction.net. There is a love scene between uh, Seifer and Squall, and they pull their pants down and show their dicks, and they're little gun blades. They're literally little gun blades. They just met at the urinal and just like pans down, and they're like looking at each other. And they have gun blades. They look down. And they and have to pull the trigger to piss. Oh, God. I would. <laughs> I hate this. Leslie, thank God you're here to laugh, because these two are just tuning out and shaking their head. At least someone's here to laugh. No, I'm thank sorry. You. I'm reading I'm reading fan fiction. I'm reading... Um... 
He's trying. He's trying to find the fan fiction you need, Che. I'm writing. I'm reading Final Fantasy Rhapsody, a Final Fantasy Queen mm-hmm. crossover. A queen. Huh. <laughs> Send that to me later, Rich, for uh, research I'm purposes. I'm drawing it in the for everyone right now because it opens in the exact way you'd think it would. Cool. I want to see that later. Uh, two more quick comments, and then we'll we'll end this topic. Beef Supreme thirteen said, "My vote would have been would have to be for Cloud. I find his deep past to bring real richness to the main storyline, and coupled with a gritty cast of supporting characters, mixed with a love story, I'm not sure you could ask for a richer Final Fantasy main character. I like. I don't necessarily agree or disagree with that comment, but I could see where that." where be supreme is coming from because there is a lot there to unpackage with that main character like with squall like when i think about squall i understand the story when i think about um titus i understand the story from what i've seen of zidane i understand the story when it comes to cloud there's so much involved there that i have to like sometimes reread his whole backstory to completely understand what's going on there because there's I don't know if rich would be the right word. Like sometimes I think it's a little bit convoluted at times, but there is a lot there. Dense. Dense is the right word. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you. Um, sometimes too much love for cloud, but I still love cloud. Um, the last comment is from the black Lotus. If we have to do numbers, it's cloud. Otherwise Ramza. There you go. There you go. And I think that encapsulates that topic really well. I mean, what I love about that topic is that there are so many people that love so many different characters. And none of them are wrong, except I know a except lot of people Queena do it in 12. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I, lo- I love discussing something like this, like Final Fantasy characters, because there's so many different stories to take away and there's so many different characters that provide meaning for us for so many different reasons so yeah that's kind of why we pivoted to this discussion um it was going to be a very 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 different discussion until uh we pivoted that (laughs) which josh has been avoiding week after week and at some point josh we are going to do it but um i actually am glad we pivoted because there's uh the future topic that we're we're going to pivot on that until the cows come home there, well, there, I actually I thought of the exact angle to which I want to take that topic, so um, we're gonna we're gonna put a pin in that I'm, other topic until I have to take I off can... that week. You're gonna be taking something off, but um, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna go I on um, our usually scheduled break before. Like the break we took earlier was emergency slash getting Leslie in, but we're gonna take our actual break. Uh, Leslie, are you going to stick around or are you going to head out? If you're going to head out, that's totally cool. I just wanted to know that way you could say goodbye to everyone in the event that you are going to head out. I can stay. Oh, oh I like that. Holding it down. Okay. Well, no saying goodbye then. Well, we're going to be right back. We're going to take a quick bathroom break, top off our water, and uh, yeah, stay tuned. We'll be right back. You there, boy! 
What news? News, sir! New graphic designs over at store.swordchomp.com! New graphic designs at store.swordchomp.com. That's right, sir. My God. You can get all the designs you want on T-shirts, masks, hoodies, even phone cases. They've done it. Those Swordchomp boys have brought Christmas early. Oi, sir! This surely will be the best Christmas yet if you navigate over to store.swordchomp.com right now. God bless you, son. God bless us, everyone! Hey everyone, we're back. Hopefully you missed us. We missed you. We're going to talk about some games now. Um, this week, the Back for Blood beta demo dropped to where anybody can play it. Um, I downloaded that last night and I've been playing it. Has anyone else here played the Back for Blood beta demo yet or not yet? I just figured out where it was during this podcast. <laughs> okay. So I, I'll try not be too lengthy, um, but I do want to talk about it because obviously it's such it's a big thing right now. I've had multiple friends who don't normally message me about gaming or messaging me about it and saying like, hey, are you playing that this weekend kind of stuff? So um, Ooh, shit. I, I have multiple friends. friends. <laughs> I know I have more than one friend, guys. <laughs> that's that's the real that's the real news story here. No, um, I think it's the hot item this weekend. So I think it's. It bodes well that we talk about it in a little bit of detail. So, um, obviously, this game is very, very similar to Left 4 Dead. Uh, one of the th- one of my first impressions about it is I feel like the zombies rushed at you a little bit more in Left 4 Dead. Like, they were a lot faster, and it was a little bit more overwhelming. But mm. on the trade-off of that, the game felt a little bit easier to kill those zombies, where in this game, um, the zombies feel a little bit... God damn it, Rich. Um, they feel a little bit more difficult. I need to stop. Like, I don't know why I read the chat every time. Like, I've been doing really good about that recently, but that one got me. <laughs> good job, Rich. I I played on the easiest difficulty at first, and I made it through the whole run right off the bat. And so I decided to ramp up the difficulty. And the game feels a lot harder on normal difficulty compared to easy difficulty. I've not been able to complete a run on normal difficulty yet, unfortunately. The zombies definitely feel much more difficult than Left 4 Dead. The variety is still very similar. Um, You have your normal zombies. You have your kind of bloater-like zombies. I I think they're called vomiters or something like that. You have the ones... They don't pull you from the wall quite they shoot a web and it keeps you there um it immobilizes you and then it drains your health you have zombies that come out of the wall they they're like uh their legs are gone they're just arms and a head and torsos and they come out and they grab you and they they munch on you and then you have zombies that come up from the ground that pull you down that damage you you have um these ones that have this like long arm that grab you and start crushing you. And those are the main kinds of zombies that you experience in the demo. A lot of them are very similar to Left 4 Dead. 
but you don't have a witch. There's no witch in this game, or at least there's no equivalent of that in uh, this game yet. That's for you, Josh, by the way. But, um... <laughs> oh, I just got your penis message on WhatsApp. I thought you were trying to fuck with me on WhatsApp, too. Oh, my goodness. He just said what the word penis to clarify. <laughs> my goodness. Oh my goodness. I am a southern lady. Oh my stars. <laughs> bless your yeah. heart. Um the w- oh. bless your heart. There are a lot more weapons in this game to choose from. Um you find a lot of weapons in the world. There's there's a loot aspect to this game which was missing for Left 4 Dead in that you can pick up um more quality attachments the further you get into your run which um is good because the enemies start leveling up and getting harder and becoming more plentiful which i actually i really like that element i think loot has become such a prominent thing in games that it kind of makes sense here uh the 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 negative aspect of that is if you are not able to upgrade your weapon because the party that you're rolling with is taking everything then you become severely underleveled as a result so you have to get a party that is um, trying to work with you and trying to distribute everything. And unfortunately, as we all know in multiplayer games, that is not always the case. And most often, if you're not quick, people take things and you're kind of left with the scraps, unfortunately. So that's one negative thing about having loot in this game. It doesn't feel as um, equal as something like Left 4 Dead did, unfortunately. Can I ask um, I, you um, before, you, before you move on? This was something important, actually, and I haven't gotten any t- hands-on time with this yet to know the answer to this, and I think it's an important thing. Yeah. Because at the yeah. when Left 4 Dead launched, this was not a thing, but totally is now. How are the non-verbal communication tools for like online matchmaking level stuff like in terms of when you think of like pinging in in games like Apex and stuff like that? Are there are there systems like that in place? Yes, absolutely. Uh, there, there's a lot. Like there, so that one of the gameplay elements that is added into this game that was not in Left 4 Dead is that there are crows, and it's it's very similar, but it's not identical, is what I'm saying. There are crows, and if you accidentally shoot one of the crows or get too close, they alert a horde. There are different ways of alerting a horde. Um, very similar to Left 4 Dead. You can actually ping, and when you ping that, it shows a specific icon for the um for the obstacle or the issue that you need to avoid. You can ping weapons. It's much easier to do that on PC than it is to do that on console. You can type messages out on console. Um, you can ping things terrible. on console, but it's much more difficult. So I haven't even played around with that because uh, obviously this type of game, I'm just trying to survive at that point. I'm not pinging shit. So um, because it's a demo, also there isn't a tutorial to teach you a lot of that stuff so you kind of have to figure out a lot of that stuff but yes in, uh long story short yes rich there's that stuff cool uh, um i'm i'm really having a lot of fun with the gameplay it kind of gives you uh, a look at different levels and different chapters and one of the cool things that they've added into this game is you get cards you you build a deck of cards and that um basically randomizes a perk you can get after you complete each level or if you die and use a continue you are able to draw a new card from your deck it's randomized and that gives you an ability so plus 20 percent reload speed plus 10 10 health um 
you can get personal abilities or you can get team abilities abilities that affect everyone for example plus five percent damage plus twenty percent uh or plus ten percent ammo for your whole party so you really have to strategize how you build your deck and what you want in there to benefit yourself and your party at the same time and the cool thing in the demo is after you complete a run each level that you complete you get points and you use those points to buy more cards there are different cards you can buy from different packs i guess or different uh sets i should say so there's there's that element to it so for people who love deck building like it it speaks to the old magic player in me um how i how i want to build my deck obviously so that's another interesting element that this game adds i bet they're reasonably priced too if you need just a few more. oh yeah for sure for sure for sure that feels <laughs> to the grandpa in me uh, that's right <laughs> Um, one of the, th- one of the things I, I really love the combat. It's very, very fluid. Like it is in left for dead. The thing that is frustrating for me is that, uh, there are two things that are frustrating and one is less indicative of the game and more is just the experience as a whole. If you're not put on a good team, there's no way you're, you are completing a run. A run is beating every single level. And there's no fucking way you're going to complete that if you're not put on a good team. And especially if you, um, this happened to me a few times, I was put on a team of bots and basically just told to try and go run through that entire run with bots. The bots are not intelligent at all. Uh, I, I, I was playing till way too late this morning and there's this one moment i remember just staying staying there and i I yelled at my tv at one in the morning which i'm sure my neighbors hated i was like are you fucking kidding me like the bot was just sitting there staring at a zombie munching on him and clawing at him and not shooting he stared for like five seconds at the zombie i was like you got to be fucking kidding me and when you get into the harder difficulties friendly fire is on those bots shoot the shit out of you like i there was no zombies around and I'm getting hit and I'm like, where is the zombie? And I turn around and one of the bots is staring at me, pointing his gun, shooting at me. I was like, what the hell is going on here? Sounds like fairly realistic bots to me, Shay. Man <laughs> is the real monster. <laughs> the, the real monster was men all along. No, um, so the matchmaking can be pretty rough and those bots can be pretty rough. The other thing that... um. I struggled with, for example, last night I was going to go to bed much earlier, but I got on a pretty good team and we had a really good run going. Now, if everybody dies in a level, you get up, you cumulatively, well, yeah, you cumulatively get three continues. So if you die in the second level, you use one of your continues. If you die in the sixth level, you use your second continue and then you have one more. We had made it to the seventh of eighth level eight levels because there are eight levels playable in this demo we had been playing for over an hour at this point it's just being a bunch of random people and we died on the seventh level and i was like dude i've been up for way later than i should have been over an hour we're having a good run and then just to die and not complete the run which is incredibly frustrating and um it's it's more so frustrating for me than it is like me criticizing the game Obviously, I've been playing a lot of Pokemon Unite lately, and it's like a 10-minute match. So, like, if 
if we lose, it's like 10 minutes. No big deal. But like you spending over an hour and like staying up really late to try and complete a good run only to die kind of fucking sucks. And that's, it's not the game's fault per se. Um, you still get all those points that you have gotten for each level that you can use to buying more cards, but it just like, it's games like games sometimes suck when you lose kind of thing, you know? Um, it was just a little bit frustrating yeah, that's for me to be a very long like, run for randoms. That's like, that's yeah, that's the sort of time commitment you only really want to do with like an actual party of friends at that sort of yes length experience I, there. I, I think that's the big thing there. Like if it was me and three other friends and we we're just like having a good time and we, we failed to run after an hour and I stayed up super late, no problem at all. But mm-hmm. like it was just three randoms and we were rolling pretty well, but also obviously um, we each probably felt like the other was not pulling their own weight as, as, it, as you tend to do. Like everybody has their own ideas of mm-hmm. how people should be pulling their weight and whatnot. And, um, yeah, it was frustrating losing after an hour. And I was like, fuck, I stayed up till two fifteen in the morning to do this. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that, that was kind of a frustrating thing, but it's been, it's been a lot of fun. I'm probably going to play it more today. Um, I definitely want to get my time in, in the demo. I definitely think that there are some things that they need to flesh out. Uh, there have been some, slight buggy things like i've had zombies suddenly appear in front of me um and disappear that it's there's i think there's some balancing that needs to be done a little bit with the matchmaking and um some of the zombie strength feels a little bit ridiculous uh and there like there's some objectives that you have to complete which for example, there's one level where you have to destroy these nodes in order to go further, but it's not very clear and not on that particular level. So a lot of people get stuck hmm. trying to figure out what you have to do on that particular level. Um, I think they're going to have to clear up some of those things, but it feels like a fun experience. It, like If you're a fan of the Left 4 Dead games, you're going to love this game. I, I firmly believe that. I think that there are some kinks that they need to work out, but... It was. A, it's been a really fun experience so far. I, I think I put. I pl- I did uh, about five runs yesterday. So I played a fair amount. I want to play more, but I'll be curious to hear your guys' opinion on the game. I know that um, obviously I'm the zombie apologist here between uh, the four of us, but yeah, I'll be curious to hear what you guys think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I won't talk any more about the game. I could talk a lot more, but I also understand that it's. A, it's only so fun listening to one person talk about a game for so long. So, well, I'm I'm sure we'll all get some hands on time and be able to get into it more. Plus, that game's going to be on Game Pass day one, so I'd imagine we're gonna all spend a significant amount of time with it uh, together, yeah. especially, which will make it even more fun to talk about. Exactly, exactly. Um, now, Rich, were you the only one that played Death's Door, or Josh? Did you also play Death's Door? Josh has already beaten Death's Door and talked about it a little bit. I'm like. 70% of the way through and working on a review and uh Josh was right this is this is a must play for the year I I have to say um so I'll I'll get into a little bit of my experience here and then Josh can kind of weigh in and I and I had a few questions for him in terms of weird shit I figured out in that game um so for anyone unfamiliar uh Death's Door is sort of an old school top down Zelda like in a lot of ways um it's reminiscent of the 2D Zelda dungeon crawlers and then there's a lot of uh, hyperlight drifter DNA in there, uh, in 
terms of the combat really being centered around that whole you have spell charges um that are restored by attacking with melee so you start off with a spell that's just you kind of conjuring a bow and arrow so you want to hit with the bow move quick and dodge and then strike with your melee weapon to recharge those shots and the sort of items you're getting from dungeons are just new spells like um you get a flame spell at one point you get a spell that's explosive um and in addition to that there are different weapon types that uh perform differently like uh there's there's you start off with a, a pretty basic sword at this point i also have um uh, a pair of daggers and a, a hammer and also an umbrella which is just like the sword but hard mode yeah uh, and it, I mean the, the stories I think the whole I love the look of this world it's very sort of like macabre you're a reaper uh, for the commission a sort of crow who works as a grim reaper it is that very bureaucratic idea of the afterlife that it, I think like Beetlejuice made famous really that I sort of adore just little crows working at desks talking about souls all day a lot of people have been comparing this game to Dark Souls in some ways, but I think the only way it's like Dark Souls are in that souls are a currency. Yeah. Um, yeah, you don't like, there's nothing, you don't lose anything on death. Um, no. I'm trying to think, like, the, the only way that that's a thing is like with the enemies coming back when you heal. Um, yeah. Sort of a which thing. Is they they just, do this sort of bonfire esque sort of a deal. Um. Yeah, there there are these urns um, that you can plant seeds in uh, to restore your health at certain locations, as well as Death's Door being aptly the title. Reapers travel from the commission through these sort of doors they open up. Um, and th those are your checkpoints throughout the game as you open doors in different spots. But your main goal is to, in the very Zelda-like fashion, get these sort of three big souls in order to open up Death's Door and go after... Uh, a soul that you you are hunting in particular but there, there's weird characters the world has a lot of charm to it um and it just feels super good to play i i don't think i've ever found anything that felt quite this much like hyperlight drifter that was chasing that and it does it really really well it controls very tightly um puzzle design is decent nothing that's really left me scratching my head but those i'm in the tail end of the second dungeon and all that stuff has felt really good so far um one thing i wanted to ask josh about because i don't know if they spelled this out somewhere and it just took me forever to figure it out did you know you could bash your way through those fucking sewer grates and travel under them like super mario sunshine yes they never tell you that that's only ever used for uh, uh secrets Fine. i'm fairly yeah. sure um, I don't remember anything mainline that you like. You need you eventually need to uh, to do that for like the post game stuff if you want to get like yeah, the epilogue and whatnot. But I but... figured it out by accident. Mm. Um, and when I say like it really is like if you can think I think back to Super Mario Sunshine when you'd go into the sewers and it would show like that outline of you running in a tunnel under the map. It's yeah. literally that. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a a few things like that where like you like certain interactions are just never spelled out for you um but you know you just kind of poke at things until you figure out how some of the systems work um, yeah yeah I'm trying to think i don't i'm curious if 
anyone would ever spell that out for you because there's the whole squid who gives hints. I wonder if you never figured that Jefferson, out, if he'd, yes. if he'd eventually tell eventually, you something about that. Could be. Um, but, Jefferson, possibly one of the strongest characters in this game. Oh, my God. Um, who's a squid who's clearly controlling the corpse of a human man uh, and gives you hints at his little ramen bar. Or you walk in and he just kind of looks at you over the counter. He's like, hello, fellow biped. Mm-hmm. He's very excited to help you out. Um, I think a close second for me is the uh, is Pothead. In terms, uh, he's one of the early characters you meet uh, at the the Urnwitch's Castle, which is the first dungeon. Uh, he's a knight who had his head turned into a pot, and he offers you some delicious soup out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Interesting. I, the fact that you guys compared it to Hyperlight Drifter instantly makes me probably going to buy it right after this podcast ends. To be honest with you. It's very good, um, and yeah, it, it is the only thing in terms of that combat that I've ever been like, oh, this is like Hyperlight Drifter, and I don't think I've seen anything besides Hyperlight Drifter do that. Yeah, I'm trying to think like, if there's anything because... that's been close, but like this is this is very this much is that. the same <laughs> same DNA with with a lot of Zelda trappings as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which now, I mean, Hyperlight Drifter was already fairly Zelda like on its own, but this is this kinda... feels more on the nose in terms of it's it's literally. Hey, I need you to go to these three dungeons and get these three things. Yeah, not just that, but then like even with like the ridiculous side characters that Zelda has kind of always done. So the, there's just there's a lot of that kind of, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's doing its own thing, but like a lot of homage to, you know, where the genres come from. Yeah, totally. Mm. Now, I, I assume because it's being compared to, um, Dark Souls, that the combat's probably similar in difficulty to something like Hyper Light Drifter, correct? Um, I, yeah, I think I think it's comparable to Hyperlight Drifter. Um, there's certain. I think that that first boss took me more than a handful of tries. Yeah, I, um, I, until I got her patterns down for sure. But it's it's challenging. It's not insurmountably challenging, but it's challenging. Yeah, I I think it's I think it's in the same ballpark as Hyperlight Drifter. I, I don't feel like it's Souls difficult, but it's it's. It's tough also a, lo- a lot of it is about okay. finding what build- builds that work for you. Like I talked about the different weapons earlier, mm-hmm. and they all have obviously different damage outputs. Whereas sword to daggers to hammer, all kind of work the way you want. Like hammer is a lot more damage, but it's a lot slower. Daggers are less damage, but they're a lot faster. Um, mm. So you want to work in how how many swings you can get in for a weapon before you need to dodge out. Um, and Josh and I were talking a little bit about the show. Like we both kind of settled on the rogue daggers build because that weapon moves so fast. It's more about closing the distance for brief periods and really getting your, your bow and arrow charges back and then just bailing out and, and wailing with the ranged attacks. Yeah. You've got options though. Like I started out that way. Yeah. And then by the end of the game, I was using a ridiculously slow two hander and just I have also used the hammer quite a bit in that second dungeon because I'm just like this is fun and it's ridiculous to see this tiny cute little crow swinging this giant blue glowing hammer around. Mm-hmm. You you used the two hammer a lot in this game, Josh? Is that Say what again? you said? Did you you use the two hammer a lot in this game? Is that what you were saying, Josh? Um I used a different two hander. Um, you get the hammer early on, on which is kind of 
slower, but it's not the slowest weapon. Um, but it's got like a the hammer's kind of neat. It's got like a lightning effect to it that kind of does area damage around wherever you hit. Um, that sounds really cool. Uh, and then the one that I ended up using is just like a a great sword um, that has less of like the stun effects, but more just direct damage uh, that I really liked. Uh, yeah, I just like I find it impressive that, that like there are people out there, specifically men, that have a weapon so big that people need to use two hands to wield it. Cloud truck. If you get what I'm saying. I don't. Please elaborate. <laughs> I'm saying my dick's not big enough. Rich, is uh, that is that good enough for you? Oh, is that clear yeah. enough for you? Is that what you want to hear? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm on I mean, the we phone. We didn't want to hear it, but thank you for clarifying. But you... you <laughs> You were insisting upon it. <laughs> Guess I'm going to have to get penis extensions from my exorbitant salary that I get not from... Not a thing! Uh, not a thing! Don't give money to someone yeah. who tells you. It's not mine, baby. We do everything. That's right. That's right. Swedish penis. Oh, you know, what Leslie, <laughs> you know what Leslie just reminded me of? Did anyone see... Uh, I tweeted this because I have that kind of time. Did anybody see that video of the Austin Powers theme playing in an abandoned mall? It is the most. Oh my god! It is the eeriest. Like when we're done here, you all have to watch that. Oh. Yeah, it's like that is if the if the world ended in two thousand five, oh, that's what aliens okay. would have discovered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's perfect. Interesting. Okay. Well, <laughs> before we continue on with more games, I just want to put a quick reminder i've been trying to not put it at the beginning of the show anymore i'm trying to do it somewhere in the show where it makes a lot more sense um if you head over to swordchomp.com you can get access to a lot more content from us like more podcasts articles that we write merch and a patreon the patreon is especially important to us as we work hard to provide additional content and you can help us tremendously as we are completely and 100 percent listener funded Any money that you choose to donate goes right back into the show. And some exciting news, we actually just got two new shows up on the Patreon. We got the Lord of the Rings, the Two Towers, Chomping After Dark up there, which is always two weeks earlier for the patrons. Um, And then it goes up on the normal feed after that. But we also, Rich and I recorded a special Black Widow discussion, uh, the new Marvel movie, that is exclusively and only available for the patrons. So if you're interested in that, head on over to our site where you can get more access and information, all that stuff. Um, that's the only spiel I'm going to do today. I just wanted to not put it at the beginning because obviously uh, that's, that's always annoying when I turn into tune into a show and it's like somebody advertising their shit for like three to five minutes before Buy the my show product. starts. So um trying to do that in a different place to where uh, it makes a little bit more sense. But now that's out of the way. Let's talk about some games. Leslie has been patiently sitting there um, waiting. So we're going to talk about some Skyward Sword because Josh is still thumbing through that. Rich has finished that. He's got a review up. Wink, wink. Um, And Leslie's been playing that this week. So um, I figured now's as good a time as any to talk a little little bit more Skyward Sword. Um, Josh, you're still plugging away at that. Um, I'm going to let you kind of like get into the start of the conversation and then you guys can take off from there because I, I haven't been playing it, but uh, are you still enjoying it, Josh? I am. Um, I, I, yeah, yeah. The the 
having camera control in that game is such a big help um, just for the playability of it. I think the camera was the biggest improvement um, over the original. And that is that is really, really helped helped that game a lot. But uh, yeah, just still slowly going through it. I'm having a hard time getting any time with the Switch lately because my daughter's been stealing it to play uh, <laughs> still taking to become a real Ace Attorney. Ace Attorney Chronicles. Uh, she's been, yeah, just constantly playing those. So she has some mysteries to solve, Josh. Mm-hmm. Get off her case. She's gonna so become she a feudal Japanese her case. lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> that worked. I don't For know how you, that maybe. works so well. It's like you planned it. I actually didn't know plan. better, it just but happened to work out. We all out. see it on the teleprompter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I read it on that teleprompter. I don't have Leslie. How far are you into the game right now? Um, I just got to the sand sea. The best dungeon. Yeah, that's what um, they were saying earlier when I was talking to the guys on Digital Denizens. They're like, oh, I love that place. And I'm like, really? Because I fucking hate it. (laughs) There's definitely parts of that area that are a little bit... uh... Oh, wait, is this your first time in the desert? Am I... So, like, first time as in ever playing? Or, like, first time as in... First time in this playthrough. Yes. Okay, so they're they probably did the same mix up I did that like the sand ship is like you you go to a lot of places multiple times in Skyward Sword. Um, the second time you go to the desert is the sand ship, and I think that's one of the best dungeons in that game. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's I like the atmosphere. The atmosphere is really cool. But like, so I got to the part where you go up to the tower, like after you meet the first guy from the ship. You know what I'm saying? The captain yeah, of the yeah, ship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's where I'm at. Um, and I just got done with that part. Um, okay. So it, it's really cool. Um, a lot of the, the issue that I had when I first started playing again, because I don't, I feel like I beat it the first time before the remaster. Um, but I don't think I did because um, I don't remember this part. Hmm. And so a lot of the issue that I had was I'm playing with a pro controller. And before when I played it, I played it with, you know, the Wii yeah, yeah. controllers. And so just getting used to the, the way that they did it with, like, the the thumbstick on the Pro Controller with the sword. It takes time. It it does. And then you, like, have to reacclimate if you've been away from the game for any period of time. Um, it's funny you say that because I think about the point you're at now. That was where, whatever weekend that was, when I hit that dungeon, like, I was having the same problem where, like, I'd stop for a few days and be like, uh, this doesn't feel right. And then I just spent the next two days, like, any free time I had was on that, and I just got through to the end. Yeah. And when when you're doing it enough and the system feels right, it feels good. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. I I had a tendency, I was saying this earlier, to keep hitting the the right trigger instead of the left trigger to adjust the camera. And I kept Mm. pulling out my sword. And I'm like, it's problematic. Because <laughs> most games, it's the right trigger, right? Muscle but, memory will do that to you, yeah. I guess. But, uh, I mean, like, overall, it's it's fun. It's like a trip down memory lane. It's, it's pretty fun. Like, uh, Annie was playing it, too, uh, my 15-year-old. And um, we were kind of, like, neck and neck. And then I pull away ahead of her. And she's like, I don't want to play anymore. Because now you're too far ahead. <laughs> and it's not fun. I, you gotta yeah, dial it back. I remember those days. I remember those days. I used to play 
I want to insert myself because I'm selfish. Um, I used to play this game called Gauntlet Legends on the N64 with a friend of mine. We've never heard of that. And he'd always brag about like being higher level than me. So one day when he wasn't over, I decided to grind to a much higher level than him. He's like, did you get higher level? I was like, yeah, I got tired of you bragging. He's like, well, I don't want to play this anymore. It's not fun when I'm not the higher level. I was like, yeah. It's not fun if you can win. It's like when my dad beat Spyro the Dragon while I was at school. (laughs) That's a good game. That's a good game. It's fun. But that's cool. I I mean, are you glad that you're going back through this game? Is it, do you think that it's kind of like sullying your original impression of the game? Or is it redefining it? Or is it pretty much the same? the same for me um because i was never like that person that was like oh my god yeah the graphics whoa look at the graphics look at the sound you know what i mean like i can't i can't remember i can't recognize the differences because i can't remember the original because the original didn't have i don't want to say it didn't have that big of an impact on me but it wasn't like the pinnacle of games for me obviously right um it does look cleaner but it doesn't look remarkably better and I, I mean that in the sense of like I think even those character models hold up surprisingly well for the time but a yeah. lot of that has to do with the art direction yeah I agree Um, last question I have for that because I asked the other two this when we talked about it a few weeks ago do you think that this HD remaster was worth it like it was warranted for uh for it to be made and worth the money do you would you agree with that Leslie I think overall the general consensus was that we were hoping, well, like the fandom was hoping for another game to be remade. Well, it wasn't Twilight. It was something else, right? Wind Waker maybe or something. Something a little older. People just want those those Wii U uh, remasters ported, which I'm like, that. that's totally separately should be like, that's a port job. Like that should totally get done because I'd love to be able to play Wind Waker on the Switch. Mm Yeah. Yeah. I I think um in terms of like how old this game is, maybe maybe it wasn't necessarily warranted, but I mean I don't think it was a bad decision. Yeah. That's fair. You think it's worth the money? (laughs) (laughs) You can't say wait for a sale because it's a Nintendo game. It'll be sixty dollars I mean, forever. Yeah, I bought it at at sixty, so I, I mean I can't really say anything. But um, if I had the chance to not pay sixty, I would have. You know what I'm saying? But again, yeah. it was yeah. a game that was not that impactful for me. Um, if I were more of a hardcore Zelda fan, then maybe I would have been like, "Fuck yeah!" You know, I don't give a shit. Yeah, I just, I mean, I I look at the Switch that has Breath of the Wild, has Breath of the Wild 2 coming out next year, that has uh, the Link's Awakening remake, I believe that's the name of that one, the Link's Awakening. I look at, the, like, the Breath, Breath of the Wild, and I'm like, would I rather buy Skyward Sword, or would I rather buy Breath of the Wild? And I would definitely uh-huh. much rather buy and Breath of the Wild. And the answer is Link's point. Awakening. <laughs> <laughs> That's also, yeah. I mean, I I yeah. love the original game, so yeah, I just haven't made it around to playing that one, but that's fair. I mean, yeah, I I still think it's cool that this game 
which is kind of like I feel like is the black sheep of Zelda that it got a a remaster. I'm I'm glad. Or it's one of the, it's one of the less liked Zelda games and I I'm, I'm still glad it got some love. And we got updated to some degree. I think it I think it was warranted to some to some level, but yeah. Yeah. So Josh, um you wanted to mention the last stop. I know you guys briefly talked about it last week. Um you guys have played a lot more of that game. Is that correct? Josh has. Yes. Josh um, has. Okay. Yeah, I finished it this morning, actually. Hey, um, good job. Uh, we kind of... I'll briefly summarize where we kind of left it last week uh, with Rich and I. Um, I left it uninstalled. Yeah. Uh, Rich felt like there was a, not <laughs> a lot of interactivity to your like your 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 choices in there which is is the truth like th- there's not a lot of you're playing one story with like kind of different minor takes on it like way less so than like you know i mean even even something like the original the walking dead you're, it's basically everything's the same, but like you know, stuff will kind of play out with a different character who happens to be alive. This is that, but like a different character might be miffed at you at the end instead of like it's it's very Why much you? the same um, sort of story from beginning to end. Uh, Sans uh, the very end, which you're kind of you're playing these three stories that eventually intertwine at the end. And each of them will have essentially just like one big choice at the end, and that's about all that you're actually having agency over. I think, like, I could go through it and you know find out that there was actually way more choice than I realized before that point. That would kind of change what that big choice would even be. It's it's hard to tell, but it seems like they're all really railroading you towards a single place. Um that mm. said, it's it's worth it. Like the story they're telling is is really really solid. Um like I mentioned before the the voice acting, the music um are all excellent um uh, in getting the the story across. Um okay. With some great kind of um locations that they've you know got everything set in some really great camera work framing everything and then kind of the weak link is like the animations that kind of um it almost feels like it's it's not like a minimally animated visual novel but it almost if it's like it's it's like they decided to not have it be that at the last minute is almost kind of what it feels like like this could have oh, been static This should poses. be a video game was decided in the final hour. Yeah. Yeah. No, because like a lot of the poses are really strong. The camera work is solid. Like you can Josh, tell they had sh- they had all this are stuff figured out. But then having the characters actually animate through it is, I think, the roughest part of the game. Now, Josh, are you sure this isn't a motion comic? I mean, nearly. But. Uh, yeah, it's it, it is. Uh, 
it's it's like it's a it's a fun little kind of light sci-fi story is kind of what i think it ends up being it's i don't feel like it's um i don't know like i i i, I don't even know where to land on it like it's, it feels kind of just light in general is kind of the last you know where i think it falls like a, a lot of the things that it does well are really impressive like i i you you should take the chance to at least look up the soundtrack for this game um on youtube or something see if you see you can find the soundtrack just to listen to it because it is a strong strong soundtrack uh in this game there's there's so much that it does extremely well that it's i don't know like i feel like it kind of comes together to something that is less than what you'd assume it is considering how strong some of the parts are Mm -hmm. um so i i have a few quick questions um it was published by Annapurna, so it's an Annapurna joint, obviously not developed. Uh, they also published uh, What Remains of Edith Finch, which sounds like a somewhat similar style of game. Obviously, uh, What Remains of Edith Finch is a first person, and this game is a third person. But it sounds like kind of that similar style where you are, you know, walking and kind of discovering the world with small mini games. Do you think that that is a fair comparison between those two games are they similar in did did we bring that up last time josh because i feel like edith finch is the easy comparison for me wherein edith finch has a similar comparison of like not really giving you a ton of agency but at the same time it it tells the characters in a more specific way and helps you get into the headspace to understand the choices they made it yeah it, it feels more gamey because of it they're both very breezily paced narrative games. Uh, the difference being the interaction in this game is kind of old school dialogue option type stuff, except kind of like we said before, you're not getting an act- like a lot of choices. There, there aren't dialogue options in Edith Finch that are framed as like, you know, Kenny will remember this type stuff. It's more you're hearing the family story while you play a mini game, like explore the house as a cat or something weird like that. And so the yeah. gameplay is kind of, um, if you like from what I'm hearing, it's more like a thematic what... sort of a, a gameplay than, um, hmm. Hmm. Yeah. What, I'm, what I'm, what I'm hearing from you and what I've read about the game, it seems kind of like a, a step up in the experience from like an Edith Finch. And Edith Finch is a very short game and it's a very, it is an extremely on the rails game. It's like a roller coaster where you are viewing things and like maybe the roller coaster has like the little water gun where you can shoot things on the side or something like that. Like that's the level of interaction you get with this ride. You know, you're, you're mainly there for the narrative and you get to do a little bit with the story, but this seems like a step up. Like you're saying with the dialogue, you get dialogue options and choices. It feels like a step down to me. Yeah, no, there's interesting. No, there's, um, again, like a a lot of those dialogue options, I don't think do much. Like there, there's, there's something to them, but, um, the framing device for this is kind of, like I said before, you've got three different characters and like, for each chapter you play through each of them in whichever order you want you're kind of they're all in the subway together as a little level select or character select thing which chapter you want to do 
Um, and it's set up episodically. Like, uh, after the first time you go through each character's chapter, the next time you're back. So, like, um, for each of them, it'll give you, like, an episode recap of what happened in the last episode. Kind of like you're watching a television show. And it, it it's very much frame. It feels like a television show. This feels like a miniseries. Like, it, this is very much along the lines of a one-off hey, why isn't Doctor Who in this episode sort of um, hmm. sci-fi thing that you're... Because um, Matt Smith had a scheduling conflict. Yeah, and it, it is very much along those lines where like the gameplay aspects of it are very limited. Um, okay. Gotcha. Okay. Well, it's interesting. Like, I, I kind of want to experience this game, but obviously I have other games on the docket. It looks interesting, mm-hmm. to say the least. I think I, it. I like the the three if narratives. If you're not bothered and how they, by it looks the like how they converge lack of agency that Rich was, I think you, I think you'd really enjoy it. Like I still think it's a really solid narrative, little narrative experience, and uh, yeah, like because of the episodic nature of it, you can kind of play a chapter of a character and set it down, and you you know you get through it in a week or whatever if you kind of played it in a couple sittings. Um. Just yeah, kind of replace some game, TV with it, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Replace my 100th viewing of The Office that I've been doing this week for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Well, you know cool. what I was thinking I mean, about? Mm, go ahead. I wonder if you could just not interact with it, because all the but all the prompts are, like, the mm. timed. It's got, like, the wheel thing. Like, if you don't pick something, oh, it'll yeah, automatically yeah, sit. I'm curious if you could just... Start the chapter and, and just not, watch it and not press anything. Because uh, I know some Kinda of the like sections you can do, you it can will do that with a Telltale game. To some yeah, degree. I don't know if I don't know if there are sections where you have to walk or something. I'm curious if this is a game you could just turn on and it would play itself. I guess you're gonna have to find out and report back to I, us I next may, week. I Josh. may have to find out. Just you're gonna have to do the science on this one. Mm-hmm. Just make sure Which you have is, a hypothesis that no, is testable. No, turn the turn the Twitch on. Put put the game on. Just come back in like an hour and see how it's doing. See, see where we're at. Yeah. No. Okay. Okay. Well, report back to us next week, Josh. We need we need the answer. <laughs> in the meantime, mm-hmm. I'm going to very very briefly mention a game that I played this week, uh, Raji and Ancient Epic. It's a game that dropped last year. Um, similar in play style to Prince of Persia, Josh. I know you've already played it. Correct. Yeah, uh, last year. It's been quite some time. Yeah, Josh, yes. Josh and I both played yeah. it, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I finally got around to it. I've been sitting on my Game Pass queue for quite some time. Um, I I had heard about the game earlier this year, though. Um, I believe it was during E3 when it was announced that it was going to be put on other consoles, and that's kind of when I heard about it. Mm-hmm. I was really excited about it because of the fact that um, of the inclusion and representation. It's very rare in games there's like Hindi influence and representation in gaming and that's one of the most applaudable things about this game is they got actual um voice actors from that culture it's, and from it's that an race Indian studio like the whole yes. thing's just made there so it's it's not like exactly. a, yeah exactly. like some other company just deciding to do this it was it is about yes. Hindi mythology made made by people who have first hand experience with it yes with that that's exactly what I'm trying to say and um 
thank you for helping me. I was struggling to put that into proper wording. I think that is really impressive because that part of the world doesn't have enough representation in gaming. And so I think this game is very, very important for that reason. Uh, obviously, there's a, <laughs> there's a but coming with that, as you can probably tell from my tone. The combat was very, very, very mediocre to me. Um, they, they, the first yeah. part of the game is spent teaching you all the different ways and all the different buttons and combinations you can do. I ended up using like two or three button combinations throughout the entire game. Um, I didn't really care about all those combinations of things that you can do. Unfortunately, uh, it, it just like, it feels like they're trying to go more in depth with the combat, but never actually go there, unfortunately. Um, which is fine. It's not the end of the world. Um, some of the environments feel bigger than they need to be. I think they did that. The developers did that to allow for some platforming elements. However, those plat, the platforming elements never feel challenging enough or difficult enough. It feels like it's put in there just because it's like the, the God combat... of War platforming sort of a yes, feel to it. Exactly. Like, why is this here? That's to hinder you a little bit. It feels yeah. like the the combat and the platforming are kind of vessels to make it quote unquote a game where it's it feels more to support the story and what's happening in the story and the story is basically Raji is trying to find her younger brother Golu who has been kidnapped and the story kind of develops from there Hindi mythology is woven into the story in interesting ways you come across paintings and um not icon statues that if you click at them you get a little bit of hindi mythology and how that relates to this story interwoven together and some of that stuff is very interesting some of that stuff is incredibly overwhelming just because i have no exposure without the context hindi mythology there's a lot there's a lot kind of thrown at the player and um it's all really interesting it's just there's a ton there it's like looking at any mythology imagine imagine yeah. you never having had any exposure to greek or roman mythology and suddenly you're playing a game that's throwing epic after epic as and you're like so this story, Zeus guy's story. pretty horny huh yeah like, oh there's bringing that joke back huh <laughs> <laughs> no uh no but you're right i mean everybody in greek mythology is horny but i can't uh, imagine learning yeah, about it's... ganesh as an adult and having no con be like what, he's an elephant <laughs> yes there's there's a lot thrown at you in that game in terms of the the mythology but it's all fascinating and i think the highlight of that is it, if you are interested in that even if you feel overwhelmed in the moment it's a gateway for you to look into it more and learn about it and on the flip side it's a way for people who are of that faith or of that culture to tell the world i think that's so important and the fact that they got voice actors from that area to actually represent these characters i think that is so important and so big um i will admit that I, I struggled in the middle of the game to want to finish the game just because 
I was getting bored with running around for a minute to two minute in the environments, which are beautiful. The environments are beautiful, absolutely. And then going to a little mini arena to fight the same three kinds of enemies, it it, it kind of wore on me a little bit, un- yeah, unfortunately. But as you get further into the game, they introduce a bow and arrow, which is fun because then you get to learn a new weapon. And then eventually you get a sword and shield and you can upgrade these weapons to have different abilities like a lightning ability or a freezing ability, which makes the game more fun and more customizable. The I wish they would have rolled that stuff out just a little bit earlier, but they do roll it out and it, it makes the combat a little bit more fun. Thankfully, I, I think it was just like the end of the first level and the second level started to drag a little bit for me. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to finish this game, but I kind of want to just just to have a full, complete opinion of it. And I'm glad I did. I'm glad I did at the end of the day, because yeah. like, some of those boss fights are really fun. Yeah, I think that's kind of where it's at the strongest. The kind of, You were mentioning the combat having... feeling a little thin. Um, like they, they do an interesting... I, I mentioned this... A year ago, when we first talked about it, um, they have an interesting sort of every weapon attack, dodge, whatever, is kind of based off of a three-hit combo, and where you are in that one, two, three thing is, like, all shared. So, like, if you do the middle dodge, it might be a different thing. If you do a middle attack with this thing, it, it'll it be a specific thing, and so you can use that to, like, line up combos the way you want to. However, with, when you're fighting a bunch of enemies, uh, it kind of breaks down because of that, because you're also trying to, you know, not be hit by all these enemies. Uh, whereas I feel like it works better on the bosses where it's dodge their thing and then you kind of line up your combo to do exactly what you want with the other stuff. And it, I feel like it feels better overall when you're fighting the bosses. I, I feel like that's kind of where the combat is the strongest. Yeah. I'd agree with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not terrible. It just, yeah, I think, I think obviously it wasn't entirely the main focus of this game. I mean, there's some focus there and I don't want to detract from who worked on it. Just, I feel like it kind of is secondary to the story that they're trying to tell, which is fine. And I like the way, the way that they kind of tell the story where some of it happens in quick cutscenes, Some of it happens in these artistic renderings of the story which is told in this like old-fashioned painted shadowed kind of way which is very very cool yeah, I, the, I imagine paper puppet um, yes paper shadow yes. puppet yeah style, that's that's what i meant cool. yes thank you i think that obviously probably has to do something with the way stories are told or were told in mm-hmm. that style in that area i do like that a lot so it's cool. Yeah. I think it's important for representation and inclusion. Um, not the, in terms of just being a game. It's not my favorite. But in terms of what it's trying to do and the information it's trying to impart, I think it's super important. And I don't I don't really have much to add to that. So um, yeah. it's if you have Game Pass and you want to play it and that sounds exciting to you, I think it's I think it's worth your time to check out it's not a long game it's five and a half hours about so not a long game at all you can crush it out in a day or two depending on the the fun factor for you 
But the last game we're going to talk about really quick is Wildermyth. Uh, Rich had wanted to talk about that game a little bit. Um, so I'm going to pass the torch or pass the mic to him. Torch. Pass the mic sure. to him. Uh, so Wildermyth. Uh, yeah, Wildermyth. <laughs> I got really confused there. Uh, <laughs> Wildermyth. Uh, Josh and I had played a bunch of this on stream and I went on to play a bunch more after that. It is a very open-ended uh, sort of paper, pen and paper RPG uh, style game uh, where basically there, there's a number of campaigns and it recently came out of early access, but it has been out there for quite a while. Um, basically, some characters are randomly generated and you start a campaign. Uh, the the one you start with is a, a pretty short three-chapter campaign that Josh and I started a little bit on stream the other night. Uh basically your characters have different archetypes almost so you might have like the the greedy loner or the uh cowardly leader stuff like that it just sort of mulls up how they're going to interact with the world and campaign solo a set story if you're playing co-op like josh and i were you basically go into the settings and choose who controls what character and they are like grid-based tactics style like XCOM fights um, but in between that, they tell the story through these sort of comic book uh, interactions where some stuff is, is narrative and meant to happen and there are dice rolls happening behind the scene to decide certain characters' fate. And other stuff is are these randomly generated events. Like one of uh, our characters found this shrine to a wolf god and Josh, at my, at my bolstering, was told, yeah, say yes, pray to the wolf god and got his character turned into a humanoid wolf anthropomorphic wolf thing uh that really changed how they played uh amongst other things but from what josh and i played you there's a lot of the art is almost paper mario in it paper mario-esque in a sense like very simple art style that i kind of didn't mesh with initially until you start to realize why that is and it's because the characters are so moddable in that sense of turning into a wolf person or losing a limb in battle and having to replace it with like a hook hand they now have a passive hook attack from but can no longer wield two-handed weapons um and the reason you you have all this build up with the characters is every campaign you complete you get legacy characters which are characters you've rolled and now they'll go into your legacy and um having started a second campaign the way that works is as you're progressing in these stories there's always often a chance to uh recruit new heroes and if you've played before, you can choose to either roll a new hero on the table like you would at the start of a campaign, or you can choose to import a legacy hero and bring in one of your existing characters who's finished another campaign and bring them in with the equipment they finished with and sort of add on to their story and continue building them up or risk losing them if they die in that campaign and continuing to try new stuff with them. And it is very slow-paced tabletop RPG at its heart, but it is it is tons of fun. Yeah, yeah, oh, the, yeah. Uh, it's it's interesting. Um, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. The um, I kind of Rich mentioned this before. Like the art style, I'd kind of I'd seen and kind of like, oh, well, it's it's like a you know, it's pretty generic paper based <laughs> tactics game. Like, okay, like w whatever, and like it kind of blown it off until I saw like an Why actual is that? gameplay trailer of it, and I'm like. Oh, oh! They're doing like a, a storytelling thing with this, and that's that's why everything is so. Uh, it has to, yeah, it has to, it has to be that way. 
Um, it has to be very cut and paste. There's already mods out that add more character diversity, like new beards and stuff. Yeah, and um, it's not to say it's none of it is like it's not bad art. It's just it was not doing anything. You know, it's not it's exactly not heavy lifting. Um, it's very simple. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's, it's got a neat combat system Dope. in it with the uh, you know kind of regular tactics type stuff with, with you know a couple different ideas from different places with uh you know walling your characters if you got them next to each other they take reduced damage and stuff like that and uh i didn't mention magic which is probably the most unique uh yes thing in this if yeah, you that, want to get into that josh yeah yeah i think that is the most unique part of the combat um where instead of having spells you essentially uh possess objects in the world different items uh pieces of cover fires whatever whatever happens to be in the the uh the arena you're fighting in uh and you possess that object and then that will give you different spells um kind of you know you possess a fire you can then throw that fire at one of the enemies you um, can make a tree explode and like lodge its its splinters into someone there is there's cool stuff yeah which also kind of, once you do that, the tree is no longer there. So there are considerations to it that are, it's, it's a really neat mechanic that kind of it has its own implications that are different than just like a standard kind of, you know, use fire one. Also, the, the way the characters work together is probably, every campaign is told over a number of years. Like Josh and I finished one segment of a campaign and based on your performance in a chapter of a campaign, you get years of peace in the world, uh, which will go, okay. X amount of years pass until the next chapter. Um, characters can reach retirement age and be, uh, like then leave the adventure at that point. Uh, also if you have characters that fall in love, which is a thing that can organically happen, that will get married, um, their children can eventually reach adventuring age and join your, your quest. Um, and then if you play the game like me, you can let their kids die and force them to live on. <laughs> well, you know what? We had to, somebody, somebody had to make the sacrifice play. <laughs> somebody always has to make the sacrifice. She's standing in the wrong place at the wrong time. I didn't want to let her go, but... Well, cool. Uh, yeah, that sounds like an interesting game, but it's no. Uh, I wanted to say oxen free. That's not the one I want to say. It can fell. It's no. It can fell. Yeah, they're very different games. Mm-hmm. Well, because the name RPG is in the game, I automatically compare them because I'm dumb brain. But uh, anyways, we're gonna take our final break, and we are gonna come right back with the social media polls. So do not touch that dial. We're coming right back. Stay tuned. Touch that dial. Touch that dial. Because this is the 1980s. Touch the dial. Touch the dial. You stink. Hey there. Welcome. If you found this, you must be listening to The Chompcast. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for being here. I know you're wondering... Hey, shit! Tell them about the other podcast! Yes, I know you're wondering... What else could I listen to? Don't forget the other podcast. What else could I possibly listen to from these guys? Shut the fuck up. I'm about to tell them. 
As I was saying, if you want more content from us and you want to hear us talk more about video games, head over to SoreChomp.com where you can check out our other podcasts such as Chomping After Dark, a spoiler cast that deep dives on various games and movies, and Evoking the Sublime where Shay breaks down the history and creation of a video game often paired with interviews from various developers. Thank you and enjoy. back from our final break we're gonna do some social media polls and stuff every tuesday at the sorchom instagram if you want to vote on some very exquisite and interesting polls mainly to do with gaming and other things head over there and vote because your vote matters we discuss it on the show and it's really fun but before that, I actually did a Patreon poll this week. It had been a little while. I figured it was time and I need to start doing that more consistently again. So I asked the patrons, are you all okay with us, as in Sword Chomp, doing the occasional movie and TV show for the Chomping After Dark episodes? Or would you prefer us to stick primarily to games? And 79% of people said movies are okay. And 21% of people, of the patrons I should say, said games only which uh, was pretty interesting. Like, uh, Rich and I just finished up the Lord of the Rings trilogy earlier this week, and we also talked about Black Widow, and it was a really fun and good episode. Director's cut is long. (laughs) And now we want to, uh, you know, we just want to do every Fast and the Furious movie, so we're just gauging interest. (laughs) Ten years later. Yep. But we're going to do every Doctor Who episode, starting with number one. <laughs> I would... Oh, my God. That, well, that's... lofty expectations, listen, man. Okay, to be totally honest with you, if we committed real time to that, we could get a bunch more people on the Patreon that are here just for Probably that. True. Mm-hmm. Probably true. I'm going to pass on that. I don't think I could put myself through that. Um, All right, Josh, he's out. You're in. Yeah. We're going to have to... Uh... Put some the name real of the effort into trying to track down the early episodes. Is Doctor Whom? Doctor Whom. Doctor Who's. Who's the one? I have to subscribe to BritBox for this. I've really been enjoying doing the occasional movie because obviously we've done games for five years and we all love movies and we like talking about them once in a while. So it gives us... Um, a reason to talk about movies in the same style that we do the other chomping after darks. And obviously movies aren't going to take place of games in that feed, but it's nice to be able once to once in a while do that. And the Lord of the Rings trilogy, the movies and the books have meant a lot to rich and me over the years. And as well as Josh granted, he wasn't there for those episodes, but it's something that we just really wanted to do. So, um, we decided to do it and, we were just curious how the how the patrons liked it because obviously they're the ones paying for it, so their voice matters. But we, t- we talked our- about it for so long and then managed to get all three done inside a month, which has been pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm glad that we chose to do it pretty quickly over this summer because yeah, it kept it kept the ball rolling, it kept the hype up for those. So, but yeah, thank you to the patrons; they're always really supportive of us and what we do, and I appreciate that. But now let's get to the normal poll day. So I learned that this this week. In 2016, there was a scrapped 
open world Power Rangers game that was to be in the vein of the Arkham series. But unfortunately, uh, it never came to fruition. And there was a picture of it. I don't know if you guys saw it. Um, I did. I know, yeah. Rich, you probably saw it. Josh, I don't know if you saw this picture. Um, obviously, it looks beautiful and perfect on my webcam. Um, mm, but naturally, it looks it looks like a really cool game. And I've never been the biggest Power Rangers fan, but that looks awesome. Um, and I asked the fans, "How cool does this look?" Seventy two percent of the fans said, "I need it." And 28% of people said, I'm glad that they killed it. And uh, I don't understand how you could look at that picture and not want that game. It's epic. You have the Power Rangers surfing on jets as they're fighting a mech dinosaur breathing fire. I mean, in an open I'm pretty world, sure that was on their side. Excuse me. But uh, I don't know how you could not want that game. Like an open <laughs> world Power Rangers game? How could you not want that? Because it's an open world power rangers game yeah it sounds amazing thanks josh for your input um and this was too early for them to do that is if they had some sort of system like the bowser's fury thing going on like to have you know random attacks happening that you know you'd have to wander off and go go fight like there, there are ways to do it but i don't know like there's so many pitfalls in an open world game that that just I don't expect them to avoid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, but it'd also, be, it'd be like, difficult to make all that work. Triceratops, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it would have been cool to just see how it would have shaken out, but. I don't know. I, again, I'm not the biggest Power Rangers fan, but some of the screen or the some of the the uh, yeah the screenshots or the visuals that they had shown made it look really cool, and it made me interested. So, Leslie, is uh, are you a big Power Rangers fan or not so much? Nah. Yeah, I can understand that. Power, Power Rangers, Rangers mythos is so loosey goosey that you could do a lot of fun shit there. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been cool to like combine all the different types of Power Rangers through the years of the various TV shows. Maybe. Uh, Back for Blood is an open beta and hit almost 100,000 players on PC two weekends ago. Does this, and I asked, does this prove that Left 4 Dead wasn't just a fad? And what I meant by that is like just a cult classic that actually a lot of people want to play this game. 76% of people said it was awesome, and 24 percent of people said what are you on about like what the fuck are you talking about shay and that's what i was talking about i think that um the the popularity that it's shown is that you know that that a lot of people would have probably paid for left for dead 3 to come out and um yeah i i'm glad that we have gotten this game and it's going to be coming out in full here in october because yeah, I really miss that style of game, that kind of arcadey zombie style game. And yeah. There was stuff fun. that chased that, but also I think the legs on Left 4 Dead alone prove that. Like the years and years of mod support of people just making their own levels and shit. Like mm-hmm. you could fire up Left 4 Dead 2 on Steam right now and do you want to get chased by zombies through Disney's Haunted Mansion? Because there's mod support for that. <laughs> we got that. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, I... I 
I think that it's kind of cool that Left 4 Dead has been a mainstay in gamers' mind all these years, and that they find like their their wishful thinking has finally kind of paid off with this game. Obviously, it's not perfect one to one comparison, but I think a lot of fans are going to be excited and impressed with this game. So that's just my imp- my opinion. Okay, so the next poll is. And I fucked this poll up. I, I will admit that here in a second. This game looks like it would be... And this is the Nintendo All-Star Brawl. This game looks like it would appeal to nostalgia, but it's only including cartoon characters from the end of the 90s on. And this is where I fucked it up. I know, I know, you I did. know. I messaged you immediately. You, you're not the only one. Tell you what a dumb like, idiot you I were. Got, I got it from like eight people. I was like, all right, I get it. I fucked up. I said, that means no rocket power, Ren and Stimpy, Rocco's Modern Life, etc., etc. And of course, I didn't know the uh, Toast Man, whatever the fuck his name is, was from Red Powder and Stimpy. Toast Man. You literally Powder. posted a picture with a Red and Stimpy character in it, Jay. I didn't know who the hell that Which was. Which is impressive, considering this entire episode you've talked about Nintendo All-Star Brawl. Or Ni- Nickelodeon, god damn <laughs> Every time it's been mentioned this episode. I didn't even realize that. I was just filtering it out. Um, but also, I say keep your hopes up because my the character I really want included from Rocco's Modern Life is really, 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 really big man. Oh, that would be dope. That would be dope. Seems um, unfair. But, but yeah. yeah. I, a little bit. Yeah. No, I, uh, <laughs> I definitely fucked that up. There are some characters from uh, Ren and Stimpy that are going to be in there. But... I, 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 yeah, I, um, I don't have high hopes for the, the lineup of this game. I, and this, and this is kind of an adjacent thing and I'm going to relate it to this. I noticed that there's this one site that was doing poll of the best Nickelodeon characters of all time. And there was, it was of a certain era and there was a character. I can't remember where there was a character from as some, shitty show some shitty nickelodeon show and paired it with iroh from avatar the last airbender which is one of the greatest characters ever made and iroh fucking lost to some shitty no-name character who was the character i I don't remember that it was some bullshit character i gotta know i don't know but when i saw that i was like okay if that's what the average person thinks then the then i know that I'm not going to enjoy the average cast of this Nickelodeon all-star brawl. But anyways, uh, Yo, 16... the Josh Peck DLC just dropped. <laughs> right. Uh, 69% of people, nice, said the audacity. And then 31% of people said, what are you, five? And yes, yes, I am. I still love cartoons and you can suck my dick. I'm good. You already have rich uh anyways uh next is 12 minutes the new game is dropping i thought it was in a few days i didn't realize it had been slightly delayed that was my fault um as well it's coming out next week not this past week um but it's dropping here in a few days is it a day one purchase for you or are you waiting for reviews 30 percent 37 percent of people uh said that it is a day one game for them and 63% of people said it's going to be a review 
type of thing. Like, if they hear enough positive reviews, they're going to play it. Leslie, have you seen anything on this game at all? 12 minutes? I have no idea. I don't know anything about it. Nah? It's about a murder uh, most foul. Is it about 12 minutes? Long? It takes place <laughs> over 12 minutes. Yeah, Something so else I know is about 12 minutes long. What is it? Can't put my finger on it right now. Can't think of anything. Nothing <laughs> comes to mind. Can't put my fingers in it. But, um... <laughs> I'm just gonna excuse yes. myself. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Leslie, for laughing, because no one else here laughs. They always, they always make me make me feel like I'm a piece of shit for making the low-hanging fruit You joke. can't laugh on time for his jokes. We had him believing it was the delay. <laughs> Nobody else laughs at my jokes. It just make me feel like I'm perfect. I, well, I you like know, it. I'm glad somebody some... here. No, but 12 minutes is basically um, it's a top-down view game. Uh, has some big names in it. Um, James Mac James McAvoy's in it, right? Or am I mixing yes. him up? Yeah, James McAvoy, yes. Willem Dafoe, and who's the other one? Is it Daisy Ridley? I think, yes, yes. So basically, a murder happens in this apartment, and you have 12 minutes to, like, glean some clues and try and solve it. Once those 12 minutes are up, you start over, and you start over, and you start over until you solve this mystery. I think the the big draw there is it has some obviously big-name actresses and or actress and actors, and also the kind of the concept of playing with time to solve a mystery. Which sounds really fascinating. I don't know how long the game's going to be, though. Twelve is... minutes. Huh. Over. Ironically, Ironically it's going to be about 20 minutes. <laughs> it's going to be 21 minutes. Yeah. I am curious how they're going to handle that sort of progression, whether stuff's going to be gated or if it's going to be one of those things where you could accidentally beat the game the first time through and it actually would just be 12 minutes. I'm I'm. I don't know. We'll see. I'm curious. I don't know how, if it's going to be just strictly puzzle. It might be built around or, you have to have this information at, like from the beginning and you can't glean immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like you I'm need all... to be able to say a specific name to the person attacking you. Like, Martha! And, um, you know, really be able to kind of stop him in his Damn, tracks. That's going to suck for people with short term memory. Mm hmm. Well, well no, that's what I'm saying. I think, I think the point being, you, you might just not be able to say that without having seen it. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to end up playing out because they've not really coincidentally, not explained that. So, coincidentally, that's the name I shout mid-sex. Oh, hmm. Martha. Hmm. It's uncomfortable for me. <laughs> yeah, it, it very much confuses. <laughs> Confuses people, especially here in Japan. They're like, all those people not named Martha. Uh-huh. Yeah. Not, I've surprisingly not met a single Japanese person named Martha, but my, my search crazy. continues. Huh. Mm-hmm. I was under the impression Name all something. Japanese people in 2021 had 1950s white lady names. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just curious if it's in like the Martha Washington sense or the Martha Stewart sense. Mm. Martha Wayne. Uh, yes. <laughs> Yes. No, I'm I'm going to have a uh I'm gonna get some unfortunate. She woman also here did pipe. insider trading, but it was not really publicized. Mm-hmm. They don't talk about that in yeah. all the Batman comics. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get, their um, money. A ja- an unfortunate <laughs> Japanese lady here pregnant. 
And then I'm gonna name that child Ethel. Uh, Opal. Hazel. Opal. Yeah, I'm just gonna yeah, have. I'm I just gonna named, bring back all those old names. <laughs> got all day. Named all my children after the cast of I Love Lucy. <laughs> Beulah. Beulah, get Beulah. over here. I don't know why Beulah's the old na lady name that's always stuck with me. I'm gonna name all my children after poets, like full, like full on. With, uh, like this is Emily Dickinson. <laughs> there you go. Emily, get your ass in here. What, Dad? There's a twist. <laughs> no, her full name would be Emily Dickinson Meister. No, I was saying that's, it's, that's what you're going to name your boy. Emily, get in here. What? What do you oh, want? I, I don't think I Because <laughs> you already had the names picked out and it didn't matter. Yeah, no, we were locked in. Yep. Um, Hive, a Japanese developer, signed a licensing contract with Sony to create a Shining Force mobile game. On one I'm stretch, sorry they're ruining that thing you like. Yeah, I know. I'm one stretch. <laughs> I'm super bad, excited because Shining Force, I love. But uh, the other thing is, I know they're in-app purchases, and it's it is a mobile yeah. game. So I you'll mean, uh, you'll finally be able to play three ninety nine to skip an hour of that game. Your two favorite yep. things, Shining Force and Freemium Gaming. <laughs> That's right. Pay to play. 38% of people said yay for Shay. Thank you. I appreciate the 38% of you. And 62% of you, rightfully said, mobile games gross. Yeah, won't let um, a friend go down that road. That's true. Very, very thoughtful <laughs> of you all. Very thoughtful of you all. But, um, I mean, like, the thing is, my my hope with that, honestly, is that it is successful enough to have people be like, oh, there are a bunch more Shining games, and they go back to the original Sega Genesis games, and they get interested in those, and there's enough generated to where they want to make a new tactics Pachinko machine. Shining Force <laughs> yes. game. So, I, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed that this is the beginning of a new new era for Shining Force. Yeah. I can only hope fingers crossed but yeah i know nobody else cares about that poll i was being selfish on that one i'm sorry uh the new <laughs> witcher show was just announced that new animated show what is your hype level for this new series um i did the slider on this one i'll show you guys really quickly so you guys have a frame of reference obviously the audience won't but it's about two-thirds of the way um to to full power a lot of people are Seemingly at about the 70% range of hype for that show. Did you guys watch the trailer for that um, new show being announced? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is your guys' hype level for that? Are you guys excited for it? Are I, you... I think Anime. it's going to be just as good as the rest of the Witcher stuff. <sighs> Josh, that means nothing coming from yeah. <laughs> Similar sentiment for me. I'm really excited for it. It looks good. It's, I mean, it's centered around Vesemir, right? Am I remembering that correctly? I believe, I believe so. Yes. Which is cool. It's like a younger Vesemir. He be witching. And now, is Vesemir talked about in the books extensively, or not so much? I not mean, a, in terms of a, his younger. No, younger self. No. So this is like brand new. Brand new territory. That's exciting. Do you get down on Witcher, Leslie, or not so? Not very much. Mm -mm. I have, I have no clue about nothing. 
about the Witcher. Well, I, I may I recommend the TV show on Netflix solely for the fact that uh, Henry Cavill or Cavill, I can never pronounce Cavill. I think Cavill. He he is a snack. He is I was indeed... say, solely for the fact that I am attracted to him. Yeah, we're all attracted to Henry Cavill. Okay. Let's be real. All right. Yeah, yeah. He he is a snack. That's, that's he's got two he's... swords. What? I tell you what. Three you swords for that reason. One of them's a gun blade. <laughs> and the other one's his penis. <laughs> well, that's the gun blade, Rich. Come on. Um, the last, the last poll we did. Uh, it's about my other gun blade is my penis. It's the bumper sticker. <laughs> the bumper sticker on his horse. <laughs> it's my penis that's right one gun blades for Seifer one gun blades for Renoa if you get my picture Um, Black Widow just dropped two dicks yes he's a Klingon Uh, Black Widow just dropped and it was a lot more fun than I expected it to be and I asked the audience have you had a chance to watch it yet 47% of people said Crimson Dynamo and 53% of people said not yet or not for me. Um, has everyone here watched it or not yet? Yeah. No. We did a whole podcast about it, so we probably don't need to talk about it more. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. I was just curious if, uh, um, what was I going to say? Josh or Leslie had watched it yet. Do either of you have any interest in watching it? Not no. really. Not really. I, I like, mean, I it was the fight sequences. Here's what I'll say. The fight sequences, if you are into that sort of thing, are amazing. They're top notch in this movie. Um, I absolutely loved watching the fight sequences. The backstory of Natasha or Black Widow is fairly interesting. It's nothing that you need to rush out and watch. I think the other big draw here is the chemistry between um, Scarlett Johansson, Florence Pew, uh, David Harbour and Rachel Weiss, they have amazing chemistry between the four of them and a lot of the movie centers around them being in the action together so if you like any or a combination of those actors and actresses I think it's worth your time to watch it I wouldn't spend if you're not super interested I wouldn't spend the $30 price tag to watch it right now but when it's on Disney Plus streaming service if you guys already have that I think it's worth a one-time watch, for sure. <laughs> Josh, you're right over there. What? What, ha- what? The fuck broke with people's brains that they thought that that was okay for a streaming rental? It's not a rental. Oh, that's the you, you keep it. Oh, okay. Even that though, like that's more than twice you oh, what you should don't... pay for owning it. Don't tell Disney, but I split this with, like, five people. Well, I mean, obviously, but it's... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's fun. It's fun. And, like, for for people out there who are looking for more representation, there's a lot of uh, girl power in this movie, which I enjoyed a lot. So, if, the, that if the that's what you're... the way you could have phrased that. It makes it sound so much worse than it is. That, oh... That's that's so nice. I was trying I'm... to be succinct. No, no, yeah, no. I, I get what you're saying for, mm-hmm. but I feel like people, 
people cr no, cringe I mean, at the corporate infused girl power at this point. You have a oh, problem with totally like spies, Rich? Uh, the first season's fine. <laughs> well, it's not like... I mean, obviously, because it's a backstory about Black Widow that you know it, there is going to be some um, action with women in there. And I didn't mean like they were trying to inject, like, force that on you. It doesn't feel like that at all. And I think Marvel, up to this point, has done a really good job of not making it feel like they're trying to pander or anything like that. But I mean, everyone's going to have their own opinion, so I'll leave it I'll leave it at that. But it was a fun movie. I enjoyed it. Like Rich said, we did a separate podcast for the patrons where we discussed it. It's like a quick 25-30 minute thing. If you're interested in that, head over to the Patreon to check that out. But um that's going to be it for the show. Um first off, I want to say thank you to Leslie. Thank you for coming on on such short notice. Thank you. I love yeah, having you on. It's been seats. way Thanks too long since by. we've seen you. Where can where can people check out um you know the, all the merch that you make all the stuff that you make if they want to get in touch with you um anything like that plug yourself away um that's disgusting <laughs> I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry uh, Instagram is the best place to get me messages or anything uh, at sector 7 item shop and I now own sector 7 item shop.com so that's the shop shop okay it never occurred to me that was could be a difficult URL to get oh yeah I would imagine somebody okay. else had that and you're doing a podcast now too as well right is that correct? Or are you just um, guessing on one? I'm kind of like on and off. So we were off for like a month. Um, but I am part of Digital Denizens podcast. And then we are working on a network of like artists and podcasters and basically content creators uh, called New Game Plus Network. So we're working on creating like forums for references for people to get started on content creation and where they can go and the tools they can use and stuff like that, hmm. which is going to be completely free. Okay. Um, so that'll That's be newgameplusnetwork.com. So. Okay. Cool. So you guys are basically trying to create a hub to help other people get into content creation. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. More, more places like that need to exist because I've heard so many people both on the internet and in my daily life are like, I want to like start a podcast or I want to do streaming, but I don't know how to go, go about it because it can be really overwhelming. So yeah. I'm going to, I think that's really cool. Well, cool. Yeah. I mean like, yeah, if you, if you want to yeah. check out more, more from Leslie, whether you want to purchase some of her amazing, amazing work that she creates, she one of the hardest workers that I know creates so many cool and unique items uh, inspired by video game and just nerd culture in general, head over to her site. It's some of the coolest stuff um, I've ever seen. And then, yeah, if you want to hear more from her, check out the podcast that she does because she's an awesome human being and uh, you can support small content creators like us. Um, you know, if you don't like us, but you like Leslie, there you go. <laughs> Because we suck, but I, I get that. But yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. But no, um, don't punish her for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, I want to say thank you again, Leslie. I want to say thank you to Josh and Rich as well for making time uh, that they're contractually obligated to make. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I want to thank you guys yeah, for calling. You'll in. be hearing from my attorney. I'm trying to get out of next week. Ah, oh, Jesus. 
Why, Rich? Actually, I don't want to know. All the extra time he's put in counts for next week. Yeah. Mm. That's, that's right. What his lawyer said. That's right. Those my lawyer <laughs> said. I, that's why I've been you have to punch my time card for those Lord of the Rings fights. Exactly. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Yeah. Including but, uh, the time he actually watched him. Again. That's, that's an additional <laughs> that's, 16 hours. That's true, actually. Easy. That's true. He had to get a he had to get a, a package of diapers so he didn't get up so he could just stay focused and working. Oh, fuck. Uh, I didn't have to do that. I opted to. I opted to. That was my choice. What you know? What there's no one who has made uh, adult diapers for gamers. Why are we not breaking into that? I don't market? think we need them to be for gamers. I, need, yeah, the, do you need like, the yes. It says DX Racer. Yes. On the yes. yes. <laughs> We're facing you guys are not getting discrimination it. already. No. Yeah. They, they no. make gaming chairs that are. It's got flames on the straps. <laughs> well, you know, that's all I pictured there. That that black, like bl- blue and black leather like DX yeah. Racer yeah. color. When you shit your pants, little controllers appear. I don't. Yeah. Afterglow diapers. <laughs> <laughs> Heats up on your ass like it's like heat up diapers, like heat up coffee mugs. Oh, I hate this. I yeah. hate Sponsored this. Sponsored by G Fuel. It's got LEDs in there. Mountain Dew's putting out their own brand of it. <laughs> there's a dispenser. There's a little pocket on the front of your diaper where you can pull out a few uh, potato chips <laughs> or your energy drink. <laughs> Oh, that's perfect. That's you have a coffee drink. and you can keep it warm. Oh, with it's in my diaper. I'm not turned on by you. It's in my diaper. <laughs> Guys, I'm, I swear to God, we would make money if we developed this idea. <laughs> the worst product yeah. ever. Yeah. Right, you know yeah, how many I, people I, would buy that? We'll as get a hundred units. You know how many people would buy that as a joke? I don't know, like four. <laughs> Try four hundred. Listen, if you're still listening to the end of this show oh and you think like if we're probably not going to develop it because that's too much time and resources, but if you legitimately so would buy a gaming diaper, whether it's for yourself or for your someone else as a joke gift, I will n- I won't name you out. I promise. Message me on the Swordchomp Instagram because I want to know if you would legitimately buy something like that. I'm not kidding about this. You guys are gonna have a reel on the Sword Chomp Instagram. It's gonna be Shay coloring regular adult diapers with like little yep. gamer drawing. You're gonna see my tears. I'm, I'm gonna make it look like I'm working in a drawing, shop drawing on Mario on diapers. diapers, inserting the mm-hmm. LEDs in the in the waistband. That's, a, that's right. That's right. We'll have we'll have like platinum attaching external diapers. speakers to those a diaper. are the LED. Yeah. Yes, you will have Bluetooth in the diaper. Oh fuck! Yeah, you just you're just like, <laughs> yeah. You're like, we gotta Give develop a name instead of like uh, sort of situation oh, going on. <laughs> Those haptic feedbacks. Instead yeah, of Siri or Alexa, it'll be like diaper, <laughs> <laughs> and you can tell your diaper what to I do. I hate this. But, <laughs> but seriously, message me, please. What you can message, um, you can find us. By the way, on the Swordchomp Instagram, you can find us on Twitter. Um, you can get at Rich or me on Instagram personally, or you can get all three of us on the Twitter as well. Um, just search our names and you'll find us. Pretty easy stuff. But anyways, I want to thank you for listening, um, for being the best fans in the world that anyone could ever have. Uh, your continued support seriously means the world to us. And uh, message me about those diapers. I need to know. All right. Love you all. Be safe out there and take care. And message me about those diapers.
What are you doing? Get out of here. Podcast is over.